to Crit Apocalypse episode 169. Were you no. Were you surprised that I pressed the button first no, time? No, I'm never surprised. I am always constantly on on alert. It's what I learned from the Falklands War. It's also why I can't sweat and why I go to Pizza <coughs> Express every time I need an alibi. I mean, every time I want a pizza. Jesus. Mm. Almost had me there. Um, welcome to the Royal Podcast, in which we review stuff and things from the perspective of a royal sex offender. My name is Prince Andrew. You're Jeffrey Epstein. Still alive, surprisingly enough. How you doing, Jeff? Nah. <laughs> a bit of a soul fright because he's the joker this one no welcome to Crit Apocalypse <laughs> welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 159 not affiliated with the royal family not affiliated please. with the royal family other than we are British I don't so. want to be um, you know affiliated with a bunch of inbred slavers I still love that video I mean I know I, I feel bad because the queen obviously she lost her partner not long ago but um, I still love that, oh, that the video. artist formerly known as Prince yeah I love the BBC interview they have with the royal specialist where uh, they go, so how did the Queen and, and Prince <laughs> Philip know each other? And the first line is just, just, well, they were related. <laughs> There's the awkward pause. I know, just like a couple of seconds. And then, well, they were related. That's just a satellite uplink, though, surely. Um, yeah, welcome <laughs> to Crit Apocalypse, episode 159, where we review stuff and things. We each review four things, uh, usually TV, movies. Could try talking games. towards the microphone. Uh, uh, usually at the TV the microphone's not in the you're TV you're right you're absolutely right and yeah. I'm going to get closer I'm going to do this properly <sighs> so we normally review nerdy stuff sometimes comics and food but most of the time TV and games and toilet roll <laughs> once we review toilet roll I just had a bit of a vom there it came up a little bit those chips they really fuck up I can't believe you ordered McDonald's <laughs> they really fuck up your system those chips I had like I had like I'd say I probably knuckled the bag a little bit but like for the most part I didn't have that many and I feel quite unwell. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you always feel like this after McDonald's? It's the McDonald's sweats. <laughs> the McDonald's I imagine this is how heroin addicts fit when they wake up after a good binge, you know? Should our super hands. Um, yeah, so we just review <coughs> review shit, I guess, and we try and be funny about it. Most of the time we're probably not. Um, so, a little bit of news. A little, no. little bit of new stuff. No. Taika Waititi's been cast in a medieval fantasy film. Yeah. He was also in Year of the Rabbit, and I didn't realise, because he's quite well hidden. Was he the uh, rabbit? No, he plays one of... Um, so I think I've spoken about Year of the Rabbit. I reviewed it, like, ages ago. Um, it's a Matt Berry show where he plays a detective in Victorian London. Yeah. And the Elephant Man plays, like, a like a leader of a, uh, like, a caravan, like, a, a circus caravan. And he's secretly... He's one of the acts, but he's also secretly, like, a fespian actor and, like, really, really good at his job. And, uh, and he's teaching this guy how to be Cockney. And one of the people who's just like a background character for a second is Taika Waititi. And obviously when you know that, it's really obvious. But when you see it, he's wearing these big bushy eyebrows, this massive handlebar stash. And he's just like ducked down to the bottom left of the screen. He literally just goes, all right. <laughs> and that's it. That's his cameo. It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, he's been cast in a medieval fantasy. Ryan Reynolds is potentially going to play Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2, which is exciting to me. More on that later. Um, yeah, I'll review Mortal Kombat. Are you going to review Mortal Kombat? I thought I was going to review Mortal well, Kombat. You've, you've watched like 5 million things, yeah. Okay, so you're now telling me when I consent to you. <laughs> That's fine. We can both talk about Mortal Kombat. I've got other stuff to review. I've done things and I've been places. I'm a well-travelled man. <sighs> I've got Transformers. You did buy some Transformers. Um, yeah, so Ron Reynolds is potentially going to play Johnny Cage. He won't. Resident Evil 8 is out in a week. There's been a demo fiasco where no one got to play it. Or at least I missed out on the first one because it was on a Sunday the week before I started work and changed shift pattern. So I usually get like an extra hour or two of sleep. And they released it. And then by the time I'd woken up, it had already been... It had already been 
take it down because it's eight hours. It goes on for and then it disappears. But they're putting them back up today. No. So I will get a chance to play it. But yeah, it's out on Friday. I'm very excited about that. Long-term Resident Evil fan. It's about the only series I still play on a regular basis. Never heard of it. Apart from Pokemon, sadly. And the Zelda games. And the Mario games. And all games. And Doom. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Well, actually, I skipped Call of Duty for several years. And I bought the most recent one for £36. You're a liar. £36. No, because the last one I bought before this one was World War II. That was last year's. No, it wasn't. That was years ago. No, I don't know. Um, I like World War Two still. People don't like that game. I like that game. Yes, the war was a lot of fun. I mean, it kind of was. You know? <laughs> Look at Wolfenstein. Went for six years. So much fun. Wolfenstein was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's a bit of harmless fun. No one gets hurt, do they? No, not in wars. Not in wars, no. Um, no. What has happened? Nothing really. That's about it, isn't it? No, you just, just breathe in air. I mean, the news? Mm-hmm. Some news? Yeah. Video game stuff happened. Genshin Impact's now 60 frames on a PS5. Uh, Genshin Impact's for weebs. There's an update to a bunch of stuff. No, no, it's important. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. Dreamcast 2's coming out? No, it's not. <laughs> Breaking news! If Sega made a new Dream a console, it wouldn't be called the Dreamcast 2. Why not? The biggest success of their time. fucking name for a console. Yeah, you're right. They call it the Mega CD2. They really capitalise on the fame of their consoles. Or the, or the, what was the, uh, what was the Mega Drive, what was the add-on? 32-bit one? Because you had the Mega CD, Mega Drive. What was the, what was the, what was the 32? 32X. 32X, that was it. Yeah. And did you, have you ever seen one of the pictures of the people that have put them all on the console at the same time? And it looks like a fucking hellish nightmare. And it's got little metal pins you have to insert in the cartridge slot on the main console. Yeah. Fucking nightmare fuel. Um, Alright, anyway, yeah, so I guess first review. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting to it. Yeah. Calm the fuck down. Uh, My first review this week is something that I think is on everyone's mind. I think is... You know, constantly in the cultural zeitgeist, I really feel like we need to be talking about this as as much as we can. Possibly one of the finest examples of a sitcom done wrong. Uh, I'm going to talk about Arrested Development. I watched all five seasons of Arrested Development. Uh, All five seasons. Pardon? There's only four seasons. There's five. Was actually technically six, but more on that in a second. Mm. So, Arrested Development ran from 2003 to 2006 in its original run, and it is near enough comedy perfection for those three seasons. Uh, season one, two, and three are all spectacular. They have incredible guest stars, and just all in all, the jokes work great. Loads of the quotes are still quoted today. I Blew Myself is still one of my favourite things, and that's Tobias Fumke. Um, and, and just like in general, it's a spectacular scene. He's got a, ma- he's got a, a black man inside him. He does, he does. The man inside me. Like, that's <clears> hinted at throughout. I really like the fact that Lindsay has that comment at one point in season three where she goes, when you say the name Tobias, what comes to mind? And she's like, it's a massive black guy, <laughs> you know, just this huge black guy. And that intimidates people. But then you meet him and he goes, yeah, and I'm not that big. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so uh, so Arrested Development um, famously came back. It was one of the first Netflix acquisitions of an, a non-original property, um, and they made season four. So like ten years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, well, two thousand thirteen. Uh, oh, two thousand thirteen. So they made season four, which wasn't well regarded because it was like a single story told over thirteen or fourteen episodes of varying length, and they essentially had an episode per character, and it didn't really work. So it they like saw six episodes. 
Pardon? It's only like six episodes, wasn't no, it? No, it's not. It's 13 episodes. <laughs> and then um, the creator of um, of Arrested Development came back and he went, I'm not happy with it, and he recut it. So there's a recut version of it that's 22 episodes, and it's basically taken those scenes and it's separated them out and it's made them into individual episodes, more like the traditional format of the original series, um, which works better. It flows a lot better. Um, I then sort of didn't really... Beyond watching season four in its original iteration, I hadn't gone back to it since. So uh, last couple of weeks, I decided to start watching it again. Found it very, very enjoyable for the first three seasons. Um, and then watched the recut season four. And then finally, I watched the season five, which was released in 2019, which I had never watched. No. Um, and it's bad. Season five is real bad. I didn't even know that happened. Did you not? Oh, no. Okay. So season five is essentially a return to the original format, but again, because it's, because they will have, they've all, in, in 15, 16 years since the original series was created, they've obviously all risen in fame. Some of them have completely retired from acting, which was Portia de Rosa. Rossi. De Rossi, sorry. She completely retired from acting. So she wasn't in, she's not in like 50% of the, the fifth season, even though she was a massive part of the plot. Um, which is really weird. It's a weird decision, but you know, she's got she's busy being married to billionaire Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres, which yeah. is like, I mean, Portia could do better than yeah, because Ellen DeGeneres is kind of a monster, apparently. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So um. So yeah. Season five. It's not great. It's it's really really weirdly paced. Um. It's got some weird choices in it. You can tell that they wanted to do more with some characters and and less with others, but they sort of had to fill time. Um. A lot of the fun of season four was that they sort of, because the budget got a lot bigger than it was for the original three seasons, because they were kind of starved for budget for those seasons. Like, they got, it was reduced down until they were cancelled before season four even released. So, obviously, that long wait period sort of built up a lot of fan fervour for it. Um, and yeah, and they got a lot, and, and you can see that in a lot of the guest stars and stuff like that. Um, Ron Howard goes from just a narrator to an actual character within the series. So he becomes like a key plot point in the in the fourth and fifth episode, the fourth and fifth seasons, because Rebel, who is his illegitimate child, starts dating both Michael and George Michael, but George Michael changes his name and pretends to start a successful IT company, when in reality all he wants to do is make an app that sounds like a wood block because it's the only instrument that's ever made sense to him, and like they go on the there is a really funny scene where him and his roommate go on an app store. And they download three different apps that are all meant to be wood blocks. And they just, it's literally just one of those old tap apps, you know, like you mm. used to get like when phones originally started getting app stores and things like that. It's just, it's like, this is crap. You can't change anything. You can't change the hole in the, in the wood block. Like they get really into it and they start like this company called Fake Block. Um, and the original seed money is free set, free payments of 99 cents for those original free things. And there's like this whole Facebook style. And obviously, Facebook, uh, fake block is meant to sound like Facebook. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you see, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it becomes like a really big mess. Like Tobias becomes, um, Tobias was funny in the original series because he was used fairly sparingly. He was never really given big storylines. He just sort of became part of the storylines because he was just a fuck up and like people kept trying to get rid of him. Ostensibly, his whole storyline is people trying to divorce themselves from him, including his wife. Mm. Um, and when you make him like a big... In the fourth season, he sort of gets this idea that... He gets offered to work um, at Lucille's two, uh, Lucille 2's um, rehab clinic. And he starts working there and he starts dating the woman 
who played Sue Storm in the original Fantastic Four from 1990. Um, He's like, oh, you're an actor. I'm an actor too. And I loved you in Fantastic Four. Although, wasn't that Jessica Rabbit? She goes, oh no, we were in the one that was made by Imagine Entertainment in 1990. And he's like, oh. Uh, And like, they keep trying to play on that success. Well, success. They keep trying to play on that. Yeah, they keep trying to play on that. This is the best Fantastic Four film. (laughs) By far. He he gets a sign and like he keeps getting Marvel's Marvel's execs trying to shut him down. So like they're like, you can't use this. Stop using that name. You were not so storm. You didn't play so storm. We don't affiliate with this in what in any way, shape, or form. And he gets like a he gets a Finn costume that's just like a, a football helmet covered in rocks yeah. and just like a onesie that's covered in rocks. And he's just like, I'm the thing from the Fantastic. It's just you know, it's all stupid silly humor. Uh, but it's just such a shame that that they couldn't really capture that magic again. I think part of it is because they couldn't get the cast together for some of it, and well, also... They just needed everyone there so they could sell some Arrested Development Funko Pops. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, you can... The problem All TV is, shows only exist now to sell Funko Pops. Yeah. The, like, Where's my again, Funko Pop? <laughs> once again, all of the actors went on and did like so much stuff in the interim. Like, they all became... Such as Hancock. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlize Theron, she's also in series three of Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah she plays the uh, the mentally handicapped woman that that. Um, <laughs> so Michael starts dating her, doesn't realise she's handicapped. It's because apparently because of her British accent. So apparently, like he's like he's like everything sounds so whimsical and smart when you say. It's like clearly no no Michael. Um, yeah, like it's just such a shame watching those first three seasons. You know. It really is an incredible show. The concept and everything else just works so well and everybody is fully invested in it. And then that series four and five, like, you feel the cast's absence even when they're on screen and that's a problem. Well, no one liked Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, that's also a problem. Well, that wasn't until, like, 2006. It's 2016, sorry. Yeah, but they... Did they not like it before then? There was stuff that came out when, when before they released that last series, wasn't there, with um, Julie Waters talking oh, about... really? ...being him... Being abusive to her on the set and stuff. Oh fuck, well, that's horrible. Yeah. Um. Well, you can you can certainly tell that they try and tone him down because mm. his twin brother is in it less and less. Mm. Like they they really cut back on his presence in the fifth series. Yeah. And uh, and yet you like if there's anyone who's the star of the show, it is Judy Walters. Like she's kind of the best thing about it in a lot of episodes. She is incredible. And she's but, made sure there can be never no series six. Well, yeah, yeah. She did the ultimate jump out. By dying. Mm, yeah. Um, she really is fucking... Why like, couldn't it be Tambo? <laughs> she really is fucking funny when they give her the chance to do anything. Mm. Um, there's a scene... I can't remember what the context of the conversation is, but there's a conversation where um, where Buster's like, why didn't you just tell me? She goes, I did try once, but, you know, after rehab, it ruins your... It ruins your... Um, what's it called? It ruins your... Um, what's it called when you can drink more and more? It ruins your... Um, I can't fucking remember the word. Libido. No, it's like resistance. Like no. it, like your um, thingy to alcohol. No. Your uh, something to alcohol. What's the fucking word? I don't think there is a word. There is a word. I think it's just resistance. No, it's not resistance. No. Yeah. No, tolerance. It ruins tolerance. your tolerance to alcohol. Yeah, because she went to rehab for two weeks and she comes out and she's like, is this wine stronger? <laughs> um, and also there's a great line about Buster. It's like, it's like I blame myself for smoking when I was pregnant. And he goes, well, of course you smoked. You can't. You don't like to have a drink if you can't smoke like that. <laughs> um, and they take it in a really dark place. Like, 
Um, the whole of season five is the whole the whole premise of the series is that Lucille two has died or gone missing, or and they're trying to work out what happened. And at the end of season four, like it's implicated that Michael may have accidentally injured and killed her, or someone else may have done. Like basically, they set up a bunch of red herrings that are all like yeah. potentially the people that did it. And in the end, it's just like Buster just goes, "Oh yeah, I killed her," and I put her in a wall, and it goes like fucking dark, like it's weird <laughs> because like Buster's not a murderer. They try and make him a murderer of his grandmother, but that turns out to be Julie Wall. Again, it goes really dark for the last eight Maybe episodes. Buster's been a murderer all along, and you've not been paying attention. Who's that? Buster? Yeah. I don't think he's meant to be. Maybe he's a psychopath. Well, he's meant to be a fucking weirdo, but he's not mm. meant to be a psychopath, or he's not meant to be... He has the great light. It's like, I'm a monster! <laughs> and also keeps breaking stuff with the wrong hand, like keeps punching like mirrors and stuff with the wrong hand. And he's like, it's like, I didn't do it with my robot hand. Uh, it's a bit like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which again, we'll come back to that later. But yeah, like all in all, Arrested Development series one through three are near enough comedy perfection. And you don't really need to watch season six, four or five. I watched them out of like a weird curiosity, but I don't recommend I stopped halfway through season four. Yeah. Because, like, the original format of it was fucking crap. Nah. It was just broken. I couldn't bother with it. The new, the new formatting of it works better, <clears throat> but it's still not good. Like, mm. the problem is that it's still very much... Like, everybody seems more game for season four than they do for season five. Season five has a lot of weird cuts, a lot of weird people just disappear and shit. Like, the last episode... Everybody's talking about, like, oh, Michael always comes back, Michael always comes back. And then literally they just cut to the stair car, like, driving off into the distance. There's no shot of Jason Bateman and Michael Cera in the car talking <laughs> as they drive off, as they would do in any other episode. And they just see it driving off, and they're like, yeah, Michael always comes back, and it's going further up the road and stuff. And, like, I know that's meant to be the joke, but at least just show, you know. Um, Will Arnett is Will Arnett and Judy Walters are probably the two best things about that last series. Like Will Arnett is still very committed to it. There's a nice little Ben Stiller cameo. There's still the weird thing where um, I don't know if Will Arnett's meant to be gay in the series. Like Job is meant to be gay and he's just pretending he's not. But they allude to him being gay in so many episodes. And then like the final two seasons are he's doing a trick where basically this guy Tony Wanda has a trick where he comes out and he goes like, "Hey." My final trick is, everybody's gay, and he, like, does a thing, and Job's there, and Job goes, oh, I guess I'm, I'm gay now, thanks. And then, like, all the guys in the audience start making out, he goes, he goes, like, you realise that you just, this is pride. So, like, <laughs> there are only gay people here, basically. <coughs> and Tony's like, trick works every time. <laughs> like, how many times have you done it? Um, and then, like, the whole thing is that he's trying to come out as straight after that. But the gay mafia won't let him, and the gay mafia is because the agenda. Yeah, and the gay mafia is run by Lucille Two's brother, and they implicate him into a scheme where he's going to be blamed for Tony Wanda's murder, or um, he's going to be blamed for Tony Wanda's murder to protect them because he's going to go to this religious magic camp that does gay conversion, and say that he was converted to straight, and then like it doesn't work, but you saying it does work makes people think it does and that's going to look bad for us and I'm like yeah but that's a genuine issue that's not like a comedy issue that's not Joe being an idiot that's like America actually has those fucking places mm. and it's dark and horrible like it was kind of funny when the idea in like season in like 2003 when they were brave enough to make a joke about the fact that he had been making houses in Iraq and there were tunnels running underneath him mm. at least they're making a joke about something that's like irrelevant and stupid and like you know we were at war and like basically 
we had found out that they had lied about everything leading up to that war. Like, it's fine to take the piss out of that, but not out of people that actually genuinely get tortured in modern day times. Like the former vice president. Yeah, yeah. Mike Pence. Yeah. Who famously went to gay conversion therapy. Yeah, Jesus. There's a lot of Donald Trump jokes in this. Yay, yeah, yeah, we're hitting the buzz. Well, mm-hmm. it's hot. 2009, and they're still saying, oh, he's never going to get elected. And, like, talking about building a wall in Mexico, like, one of the key things is there's a plot of land where this particular herb grows that his brother gets high on. And you can't grow it in the US, but you can harvest and use it. You can't grow, you can grow it in Mexico, but you can't use it and harvest it. So basically just growing it in the two spaces, they exist on two sides of the property line. Mm. So basically they're growing it one side and they transport it over to America and then they, they smoke it and drink it and stuff. Um, and that's like a big joke in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like all in all, the first three seasons are Tom Atkins, their perfection itself. The last two, they're like a David Spade at best. You're a David Spade. And your review. What? Yeah. What do I have to review stuff? That's why you're here. Oh, right. I mean, you live here, but also you're a booster. <laughs> well, I've been playing Disgaea RPG. Ooh! Wait. Disgaea? Yeah. The first one? No, it's Dis- <laughs> Disgaea RPG. Is a mobile phone game. New Disgaea mobile game. And it's like... It's basically... Like, they've taken the Disgaea characters and stuff, and they've done that whole... You know the mobile RPG thing, which is just a series of battles? Yeah. That thing? Yeah. Um, you know, you have a team of five characters from Disgaea, and you randomly get new ones by opening stuff up and things, and, you know, spend your spend your real currency, not your bullshit currency. You get tons of the bullshit currency. But that's a Disgaea thing anyway. It's just getting tons of money that you don't need. Yeah. Um. So it kind of works in this because that's what happens in Disgaea. You end up with billions of hell in in those games. But basically, you know, at you start off, you get to pick a character. You get like a random draw and it'll be one of the main characters from one of the pre-main games. Yeah. Um. And you can re-roll that when you start it up so you can get the one you want. I don't know why it just doesn't let you pick which one you want, but yeah, instead of making it sense. random. But... um. I got Killia from Disgaea 5. Actually, I got the okay. hull first, but I accidentally pressed the button to re-roll because I didn't know what button to press. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have all the tactics and stuff of Disgaea games. It's not on a grid-based thing. It's not, you know, moving around, positioning yourself and stuff like that. It's just straight up choosing the moves, attacks. You get um, points and all this. But yeah, it's it's fine. It's got like um, it's got a mode where it basically plays through the stories of each game and like sort of. A, sort of an abridged version of them, but it's not as abridged as I was expecting. Like, it is actually... Like, the cutscenes are still the same dialogue and stuff like that. It's just taking you through, like, you know, battling mid-boss and then going up to Hogmeister and all this from the first Disgaea. Yeah. Um, and there's a story mode that you play through as well, a main story mode, where you're meant to be some guy training the next overlord of the Neverworld and all that. Um, and Lahal you know, takes a problem, you know, he's not too impressed with that because he's the best overall. Of course. Um, and he accidentally turns himself into a girl again. <gasps> oh, no. But, yeah, um, there's loads of other modes on there. It's all just battles. That's all they are. It's just different variations and having another battle. Um, one thing that's quite neat is that it's one of the few of these mobile phone games where you actually get XP from the combat and level up because of the combat. Yeah. And not because you, you know, get some magic points that you can spend to, you know, level up characters individually. Wait, can I pay to level up? Probably. Probably some stuff. There's a whole bunch of in-app transactions. 
Um, it's got loads and loads of systems like Disgaea games always have. But like some of them operate slightly differently to the game, so it can be a bit weird because you're trying to figure them out and all this. And when you get to level 100, that's when you reincarnate in this one, and then it, that's how you get to be able to go up to level 200 and stuff. Yeah. Um, whereas in like regular Disgaea, you just level up as much as you want, reincarnate any old time, and get your stats compounded. Because that's what the point of reincarnation is. You like, you know, level back to level one, but with boosted stats based on what level you're at before. Um, but this is just the way you get past level blocks, and you have to, you know, spend some stuff you don't get much of to reincarnate and all that. Yeah. Um, and you pick out characters all the time, and you'll get loads of repeated monsters. But there's a system in place where, like, you can, if you've got like a whole bunch of the same state type of monster, you can chuck them all into one to boost up one. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Lots of lots of characters. I mean, there's loads of monsters and. Characters in the Disguise games, anyway, it's perfect for this sort it's of thing. It's mostly printies. Yeah, lots of different types of printies. I got a printie that looks this some white chocolate printie or something. Racist. I don't know. Racist. Um, but it's it's a fun old game. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's another one of these mobile games. I haven't got to the point where I'm running out of energy all the time. To be honest, I only play a couple of rounds at a time. I think if you would sat there and just keep playing through the story, you'd probably run out in no time. What are you saying about me and mobile <clears> games? You know these games where it's all like you've got so much energy. Yeah. Um. If you've got friends, though, and you, people just add you as friends, you just end up with people and friends, and you can give them sardines to give them energy, and they'll give you sardines to what give are, you energy. What are sardines? Well, sardines are sardines. Oh. Why is that an energy type? Because sardines are really good food in despair. <laughs> All the prinnies eat them. Well, so it's for prinnies more than anything. Well, everyone loves sardines. I mean, Valvo Torres is, like, very famously fond of sardines. Who? Valvo Torres, the main character of Disguise 4. Um, yeah. It's fun enough. It's decent. It's authentically disguised. It's got loads of the music from um, the guy I can never remember the name of. And it's got, like, you know, all the art is the same art from the games. It's all the HD yeah. sprites and everything. Does it have the song, the... Yeah, that's famously disguised. Yeah. Theme, yeah. The one where you go through the forest. Yeah. To get the Master but, um, Sword. It's fine stuff. There's not much else to it. There's no, like alternate mini games you can play there's okay. there's just more modes where it's like oh here's a special hard challenge battle you could do you know power leveling battles and all this Love sort of stuff hard. um and there's loads of things where it's like you know things you can do to boost character stats and things like that which i've no doubt will be essential later in the game but it'll probably be easier to do if you have a lot of money yeah yeah for ninety nine ninety nine, you can get... It does the one really irritating thing I can't stand in mobile games. Ads. No. When it's like, here's all your rewards, but then it does, then you have to go to somewhere to claim them, to put them into your inventory. <coughs> Just put them in my inventory. I have that problem all the time yeah. with Call of Duty Mobile. It's friggin'... Why Why put them somewhere else? Do you play I'm Call gonna, of Duty I'm going to claim them. I want, the, I want the thing. No, no one plays Call of Duty Mobile. Yeah, they do a lot of people. Kids play Call of Duty Mobile. Kids and... I'm sorry, you're not Jared's. Hip. I'm sorry, you're not. Uh, no, Jared's don't play it. Yeah, they do. Just meet the kids. There's specifically a thing on there where you put your name in as Jared. It says you're a sex offender. Get off. Oh, what about Savile? Yeah. Uh, I think they've blocked the last name Savile and Rolf, and also Leto. Leto, mm, preemptively. He's got to get in there before it fully comes. Uh, apparently, he fucks fourteen-year-olds in the arse. Well, apparently, know. apparently. Will Smith doesn't like him. No, <laughs> lots of people don't no. in Hollywood. Yeah, Zack Snyder does. There's a Taika Waititi said something quite funny about him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it no? It was Edgar Wright. No was one. Was it Edgar him. Wright? No, it was Edgar someone... Wright doesn't say anything about anyone. No, who was it? Edgar Wright's something... very quiet, keeps himself. Someone said something quite bad about about Jared Leto. 
Is, so. is, is there really anything bad you could say about Jared Leto? He, he fucked a 14-year-old in the arse. Like, you know, he's a weird, creepy freak. Anyway, Disguise RPG. I'm sure soon they'll be adding Disguise 6 characters, because that's out in June, isn't it? Which is I'll have it? to get. Yeah, Disguise 6, the first one with 3D graphics. Yeah. Like, they don't have sprites, they're like 3D cell-shaded character models, which I think looks good. Some Disguise fans are freaking out and saying that's not how it should be. But, I mean, surely it's, there's a point. Oh, James Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn implied that he was a pedo. Yeah, probably. He really, James, well, Leto is. Yeah. But, yeah, Disguise RPG. Oh, wow. It's yeah. on mobile. This is one of my favourite quotes. Your I've review. Seen. I've just seen this quote online. It says, Your review. Leto may not do Suicide Squad 2 if Gunn directs. <laughs> he may not do it isn't he won't be hired he's a fucking pedo um, allegedly so okay so my... James Gunn did direct Suicide Squad 2 no I mean Jared Leto isn't in it yeah I know the whole idea was Jared Leto wouldn't be in it yeah. if James Gunn directed because mm. James Gunn correctly said he's a pedo mm. okay so not burp what stop burping okay so my next review is going to be Alder's Blood on the Nintendo Switch. And have you played Alder's Blood? Haven't you already reviewed this? No. Yeah. You wanna you wanna add to that or are you just gonna accuse me accuse me like I'm some sort of Jared Leto? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alright, well Alder's Blood is uh, very simply a 2D sprite based XCOM style game in which you play as free hunters who are attempting to eviscerate the darkness, encroaching upon the land and doing their best to do so whilst also preventing themselves from being corrupted by the darkness itself. That's, I think I've, I've heard of that game. I believe in a thing called love. I'm pretty sure that's every game about vampires and shit. Gita! Uh, no, it's mostly werewolves and stuff, and there's some oh, screechers and stuff. Um, it's really good, Aaron. It's really good and fun. There's a little bit of camp management in there. There's a little... Managing bit. how camp your characters are. Yeah. There's a little bit of reading in there, if you like your reading. Uh, <coughs> can you not make noises? Constantly. Gonna, no, wait. Just hold your nose. Stop, Stop yourself I from sneezing. I my nose. No, hold yourself before you sneeze. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's really, really good and really fun. It runs fantastically on the Nintendo Switch, but it is also available on PC. Oh, um, it's given me some Darkest Dungeon vibes, although it is not quite as good as Darkest Dungeon, one of my favourite games of all time. I would highly recommend it. And Darkest Darkest Dungeon said you were one of their least favourite players of all you time. You don't speak to that game. You don't speak... <laughs> I didn't even need to look at you and I know it's you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I watched Black Dynamite again recently. <laughs> Black Dynamite. <laughs> is that you? I don't even need to look at you, I know it's you, bitch. Oh, it's so fucking good. <laughs> Hi there, little girls, what are your names? <laughs> Hi there, my name's... I can't remember the woman's name. This is my friend Black Dynamite, the little girl. <laughs> my mum says my dad's name was Black Dynamite. My mum said that my dad's name Black Dynamite as well. And cuts to Michael J. White just oh shove little girl. A lot of cats got that name. <laughs> ah, back to Alders Blood. Uh yeah, it's it's got a bit of a spook 'em up vibe to it. Alders Blood is in Alders. Alders is in like the A L D E R S. The shop. No. 
like Alders. Well, that's how A L D E R S. Yeah, like the shop that used to be around years ago. No, like Alders. A L D E R S. Yeah, Alders. <laughs> they got bought by Debenhams. Like, what? Debenhams? Yeah. A shop called Debenhams doesn't exist anymore, does it? Well, give it a week. <laughs> Alders Blood, A-L-D-E-R-S. Uh, yeah, no, it's really good. I really would recommend this to fans of XCOM or uh, Darkest Dungeon. It's a little bit more um, hands-on than Darkest Dungeon is when it comes to your team management, but there's less to manage in terms of like ailments and things like that. Um, but yeah, like really fun. Really nice little game. There's a crafting system in there, but it's not like um, it's not like a Far Cry or anything like that. You um, assign people jobs at the camp, and you can progress a day, and some can go hunting, and some can go scavenging, and some can do, um, some can do like, uh, uh, what's it called? They can uh, make stuff, craft, craft stuff. Yeah, that's the word I was looking. They can craft. Yeah. Um, and basically, you you can speed up the crafting process by assigning more people to it, and depending on what you want to craft, like you can craft guns, ammo. And spook them ups. Really fucking good. Well, they go faster if they sing a song while they work. What song would they sing at? Well, actually, they'd sing the song from Teddy Ruxpin. What's the song from Teddy Ruxpin? If you sing a song, the work won't seem to take quite so long. If you sing a ditty while you do a chore, the work won't seem like such a bore. Did you ever watch that film about Teddy Ruxpin that wasn't actually about Teddy Ruxpin? The one about the the guy who was obsessed with a giant bear that was stuck underground? It was Teddy Roosevelt. No. Um, did you not? Because teddy bears are called teddy bears because of Teddy Roosevelt. Did you really not watch that film? No. It was like a really big indie film. Loads of people spoke about it. No. Had the guy from season five of Arrested Development. Now, I know you've seen that. No, that really specifies. You reviewed it a little while ago. Yeah, it really nails it, specifies down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, um, so Alder's Blood. Um, unlike the shop, I think it's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's available online. It was. I think it's on offer for like £7 right now, so if uh, if it's still on offer when you listen to this, buy it. If not, then uh, you have to spend a little bit more money, but I'd still say buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I give it uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's yeah. tolerable. Yeah. Sometimes even enjoyable. Van Wilder's Reynolds. No, uh, Rise, Rise of Taj. Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. As in, he wasn't in that film. He didn't even have a cameo, I don't think. Wait. Which one's the one with Jason Vanderbeek? What? That wasn't Van Wilder, was it? No. What's the Jason Vanderbeek one? The the Rules of Attraction. No, it wasn't that. It was some other one he was in. He was Jason Vanderbeek had one of those high school comedies. He had a high school comedy. Yeah, yeah. He was like forty. What's he doing now? Uh, he did. He's got a very big forehead. He he did two seasons of Don't. Who's got the bigger what forehead? Was, what Him was or the, Ted Danson? What was that? Se- oh, Ted Danson. <laughs> uh, what was that series he did? Don't talk to the bitch in apartment twenty three or apartment thirty. Was he in that? Yeah, he was in both seasons. Of that he's actually really good in that. He, him and Kirsten Ritter, uh, Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter, they're really fucking funny together. Because he, she plays just like another fucking evil bitch in that, and then he just encourages her. But he's also like constantly saying like he's like terrified of what she'll do if he stops hanging out with her or misbehaves. No. So like he keeps going along with stuff, and like in the background, occasionally he'll be like, just like I have no idea, I have no idea what's happening. That's a really good series. Did you actually. have a cameo in the James Bond Bob sequel? He did. He did. Yeah. Jason and Bob Strike Back. Yeah. He was he was himself. And Jason Biggs played himself. Silent Bob. No, Jason Biggs doesn't play himself anymore. He's disgraced. Wasn't he a weirdo? I don't know, he just sort of stopped being in things. I think he was a weirdo. Was he? Yeah. I mean he's not in Orange is the New Black after series one, is he? No. And then he was in he wasn't in TNMT after season three. Season two or three. 
Because Seth Green took over, didn't he? Did he? Seth Green did, I think. No. Yeah. Or did he take over for Seth Green? I don't know. Nor do I. Uh, anyway, yeah, all this blood. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a Ryan Reynolds. I actually really like Ryan Reynolds. That that crack about him being enjoyable. That actually stands for most of his songs. I like him. Even the one where he played a teacher that's dying of cancer. <laughs> that's hilarious. Everything Ryan Reynolds does is hilarious. <laughs> do you remember him in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the original TV movie based on that idea? The series? No, there's a TV movie. They did a movie right when the show was coming before to its end. Before the series. With... Um, it was before the series. Clarissa made. explains it all in it. Yeah, before the series. Mister Joan Hart. She used to follow me on Twitter. Did she realise you were an atheist and she stopped following you? Probably. Um, no, he was. He was in the original film that was made in. I'll tell you. It was made in nineteen ninety six. She was actually the lead in it still. Yeah, because it's just the TV show. No, it's not based on the TV show. This was like an original thing that was going to be. Because it's got completely different actresses in all the roles. It's the pilot. You're just talking. It's not the pilot. About the Tyler pilot. Levine's in it. Yeah, Tyler Levine and the Ryan show. Reynolds. It's not the show. It's a film. It is an American film adaption based on the comic book. It's, yeah, it was the pilot for the series. It served as a pilot for the yeah. sake. I'm telling you, that was a thing they released. It was originally meant to be just a film. I'm pretty sure. No, it was. Yeah, because all pilots used to be like hour and a half long things. Whenever they wanted to do a big. Because they used to do a thing in America where they'd make a pilot movie. Wait a second, don't you for a dare, series, don't and that would be like they'd they'd have like an off season where they just show these pilots. Don't you it, fucking say that and ruin one of the films I remember loving when I was a kid. And Ryan Reynolds was in an episode of the X Files. Yeah, he was. Hmm. And then hmm. later he became Joel McHale and was in the X Files. Joel McHale. Yeah, he's in the last series of the X Files. No. Oh. What was the film where there was a uh, Frankenstein going to high school? The film. Yeah, there's a film where Frankenstein went to high school. Um, Hotel Transylvania. No, it was like, goes to college. Frankenstein. Frankenstein again. the college years? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, there was. No, but there was like a comedy series. Oh, wait, this might be it. I might have just watched a TV film. Okay. Probably did, because you couldn't afford real films. All the films you watched when were TV Professor movies. When Professor Lipziger dies, his favourite student, Mark, gets the key to his secret laboratory. Oh. There he and his friend James, oh sorry, Jay, find the hundreds of years old body of Frankenstein and revive it. But where to go with him? They take him with them to, the to his dorms. He's dumb as a brick, but makes it into their football team and becomes Pirates. popular. If there wasn't only Professor Loman who wants to become famous with Lips Inventions. Lips. Yeah, do you want to guess any of the people in this? Oh God, all right. Ray Liotta. <laughs> as Frankenstein oh my god okay there is one person I'm going to give you a hint okay he is in every single fucking film by uh, Joss Whedon not Joss Whedon but Alan Tudyk no not, not Joss Whedon sorry who's the guy who directed the new the mystery box guy oh J.J. Abrams yeah J.J. Abrams oh, uh, Greg Grunberg it's Greg Grunberg's in it of course he's in it Greg Gr- Grady Br- and Larry Miller Plays yeah. Professor Loman, which is pretty good. Yeah, quick, we can rely on Greg Grunberg. Greg Grunberg. It's in Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's the guy who controls the um, space station. He's the control tower guy. You see oh. him in a couple. He's only in a couple of scenes. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I remember watching that when I was a kid because I had it on a double tape with uh, Yahoo Series's famous, um, famous film. Uh, what was the one where he, Ned Kelly? 
Do you remember Yahoo Serious had a version yeah, of Ned yeah, Kelly? Yeah, yeah, Yahoo Did you watch it? No. Did you? Because Yahoo Serious sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but he was young Einstein. He, he young was young Einstein, so he had a guitar. And he, the guitar would shoot lightning. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. There was... So, in Ned Kelly... Oh. <laughs> your review, Ab. You were saying Arrested Development is one of the greatest comedies of all time. You watched Archer, didn't you? No, I watched Garth Marenghi's Dark Place again. The Why? greatest comedy of Why? all time. The greatest comedy show. We're going to give him his one one mention ever um, yeah. in a in a in a non negative light because we won't call him a transfer for just these couple of seconds. Who? Graham Linehan is in this series. Oh, he props up like he's got a role. One role, he plays a priest. Yeah, but he doesn't write here, and no, he doesn't. Does he? No, Julian Barrett plays the priest in this. Oh, yes, yeah, so he does. Padre. Yeah. No, Graham, Graham Linehan's in two episodes of Security Guard. And go. they make him stand in an overly small phone box because just for it's funny. Yeah. Because he's quite tall. So they make him crouch into a phone box because I think, think that's what like him. Look like a monster. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is a show about a TV series that was allegedly produced but never aired by Channel 4 in the 80s. Based on the writing And of. we're following the writers of the show, Garth Marenghi and his producer Dean Lerner, and then later Todd Rivers joins them as they discuss the concepts of the show and what the episodes were about and then we watched the show within the show. Is this because we spoke about it not long ago? No, I watched Garth Marenghi's Dark Place because it's the greatest show I've made. No, but we spoke about this not long ago because we were talking about how there was that Dean Lerner late night talk show. Oh yeah, Man to Man with Dean Lerner. I never watched all it's of all right, it. It's alright, it's good. It's decent. It's not as good as Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. No. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is the greatest show ever made. It is perfection. Like, there's no TV show like it. There's no show that is like this... You have the TV show itself where you can clearly see the writer of the show, Garth Marenghi, is an egotist yeah. who's trying to stuff his own stuff into it, who at the same time claims he never does subtext because subtext is for cowards. Yeah. But at the same time, you get revealing through his interviews and through the show all the subtext you need about him I also and like his misogyny and his inability to deal with emotions and all this sort of stuff. I also like the fact that his frame of reference for everything, it seems to be based on the smallest town in England. And he has never been anywhere else in his life. No. Yeah. Because he doesn't... Reference- no, he went to Scotland once. There was... Um, <laughs> he had to stop in Prestwick Airport overnight. He's seen the Scots. He's fancies chances on the streets. Yeah, because he hates the green mist. It's the it? fucking that funniest ever. We got that whole talk about how, like, you know, you saw about... You know, seen Scots every now and again, but this is them in their home turf and pregnant teenagers on the streets with their babies smoking 40 fags a day. I ain't ever going back. Not never. <laughs> There's that awkward pause. And Sanchez like... My aunt comes from Scotland. She says it's quite nice. She's wrong. <laughs> Liz, if you get a chance, can you throw me some of that ammunition? I can keep the plates off for now. <laughs> but I don't know for how long. Oh my God, Liz, it's you. <laughs> Liz! She does not... Mate, I find it amazing when I'm watching this back. I never realised on the original when I watched it years ago. Um, she does absolutely nothing through the whole series no. except for the one episode where she has a um, emo- gets emotional yeah. and starts psychically controlling her entire thing for the rest of the series. There's one bit where she makes a suggestion and Rick is like, that's a really good idea. I was going to think of that myself. <laughs> Isn't there an episode where she just gets randomly slapped in the face? No, she gets a chicken slapped off a tray when she's waiting for the chicken and they slap her dinner tray down. She no, picks it back up. Doesn't she say something like completely rational and normal? She just gets slapped in the face. Probably. Like, Liz, you need to calm down. You're going... You're, you're getting emotional, Liz. <laughs> Just the friggin... The I'm in love with her. Absolutely. And you know, I've done the thing that men do when they love women. It's like, okay, my friend's got a cauliflower dick. <laughs> Sorry, broccoli dick. 
this is some freaking beautiful stuff in the show. Oh, yeah. Just the inability of Garth Marenghi as a writer. Like at the start when he's reading his little his excerpts from his I books, I love those. And he's just like maggots, maggots, <laughs> maggots. And looks at the page. Maggots. That's from my, like, <laughs> my best-selling book, Maggots. Just repeating the word blood. Yeah. Blood. Blood. Isn't and bits of sick. <laughs> isn't there one where he talks about a pie dinner? He's like, is it one of those Frey Bentos? <laughs> freaking... I do need to rewatch it myself. It is, it is spectacular. You're absolutely on the money when it comes to... Yeah, it's just like... brilliant. And there's no more of it. Like, Man to Man Dean Learn is the only spin-off thing. Like, that is supposed to be like a sort of continuation of the yeah. world, the universe they exist in. But, um, yeah, Matt Allness hasn't touched it again. He went and did that Possum film a few years ago. He's done some other films um, as well. Yeah, he's done a few things. But, like, obviously, I doubt they'd... I think he directed like, the first Nativity film or something. Probably. <laughs> but, like, Richard A. R. Day's all, you know, busy and stuff he's... now, and Matt Berry's all super busy. And Matt Berry has the weirdest career in the world. He does anything, whatever he feels like. Yeah, he was in Community. Like, yeah. he's in the last series of Community. It's in Toast of London coming back as well. Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. I really want another series of... Like, what we do gonna... in the Shadows as well. He's, like, the lead in that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the lead character in that. Fuck, I forgot about that. He's in the, there's a third yeah. season of that starting soon. It's great in this. This is a way. There's like the bonus features on the DVDs where he's talking about the um the acting, and he's like, some workaday actor would just come in here and he'd just say, "You and he were buddies, weren't you?" But you know, you get an actor like me. I'm a thespian, you know, trained, classically trained, and you know, I'd say it like this: "You and he were buddies, weren't you?" <laughs> that little pause it makes all the difference. <laughs> no, he's only directed a few things. He didn't direct Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. He only oh, wrote it. Midge Arde directed Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. But um, yeah, it's fantastic series. It's one of those things where they they should do a film that's based on this Garth Marenghi stuff. Like the Man to Man and Dean Lerner had a whole thing where they were supposed to be promoting a film he's made, where they're fighting giant hornets attacking London in jets. Um, so essentially like, just Quatermass. Yeah, but there's just giant hornets around, and that was the whole concept for this film. And I was like, yeah, let's make that film. Let's get let's yeah. get a friggin' Garth Marenghi, like, I mean, he's got his whole oeuvre, his whole, there's a book, the Garth Marenghi's oeuvre, it comes on two bookshelves, it's one massive great big shelves to assemble, to, to, to study <laughs> on, um, but yeah, they could do that, like, do a book, do a Garth Marenghi film that's just based on some random book. It's so cheap to make as well, like, that was kind of the thing, for this series, like, it was super low budget. It probably is low budget, but at the same time, there's, like... There's tricks and stuff. They must have been putting put a lot of time and attention into making sure. Oh, yeah. Like, you can tell that this was a series made with a lot of love and attention and time. Yeah, some of the details is fantastic. There's, like, some of the stuff where it's, like, they, you know, they're doing jokes about production where, like, they didn't have time to explain, you know, they forgot to write in an explanation for the events. So there's a shot of a pot plant while Dean Lerner just spouts out what the explanation was (laughs) over it. Um, You wouldn't believe I did that in a day in a booth with a microphone. <laughs> All the stuff that's in there, like with Garth, where he's, he's written stuff in where he goes to talk to a child patient and the patient's like, you know, praising him as how great he is because that's Garth Marenghi desperately craving yeah. that praise. Says, you're not Jesus Christ. They work you too hard here, Douglas. They're not, you're not Jesus Isn't Christ. Is it an adult's voice as well? No, no, it's a little no, kid. No, little kid. <laughs> and yeah, Rick's just like, yeah, I've come to accept that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the one where he's a little kid talk and then he cuts to... The interviews and Dean Learner's like, yeah, I did punch a child on the set. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> like we the kept... shows were running three to four minutes <laughs> short. So 
about up to 80% of the episodes were in slow motion. Basically, anything that had dialogue, <laughs> anything that didn't have dialogue was game free, fair game for, for slow motion. <laughs> Which makes me think of Transformers Siege and um, Earthrise, because as far as I can tell, they just used the scenes with slow dialogue and slow motion. Didn't he run through the halls in one shot and someone drops a, a folder and it drops in normal time? Like he's pretending to run in slow motion. <laughs> Someone drops something, you guys in normal time. Yeah, it's, it is comedy perfection. It's the kind of thing that, like, well, it was mid 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, about so 2003, was, 2004. Yeah, which is like the the golden years of Channel 4, isn't it? Like, there was that 10 year window when we got shit like that and Peep Show and, and Space Spaced, and yeah. everything else, yeah. And there was um those shows, Father Ted and Black Books. We don't know who wrote them, but. Oh, it was Hatsune Miku. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it is like, I haven't watched this in such a long time and. One of the things I keep meaning to go back and do is I remember watching the series and then you can watch it again, but with commentary by the actors. In character. In character. Yeah. And they even commentate over Dean Lerner's segments mm. and like Matt Holness's segments and everything else. So they like, they, they talk as that per, and it's so fucking funny. Like everybody mm. is a hundred percent. Matt Berry steals almost every scene he's in just because I think that. Matt Berry, of anyone, wanted to kind of be an action star, so he sort of embodied that so quickly. Uh, Matt Holness is just, he is utterly pragmatic and stupid all in one. You know, the whole thing is just brilliant. Like, everybody is totally perfect. Mm. I think that Richard Aoyde, sort of, Aoyde, sorry, kind of showed he was going to be a star, because he's fucking phenomenal. He's saying that, like, no, it's just his regular acting. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, that whole bit where he's like, you know, Garth wanted me to be in the show, but I said to Garth, I'm not an actor. And he said, I don't want an act, I want the truth. So here is Dean Lerner, not putting on an act, but putting on the truth. <laughs> and it's like, you need to get this sorted out and sort it out fast. My- <laughs> if you don't sort this out, my ass is grass and Wonton's got the lawnmower. <laughs> it's near Liz! <laughs> It's the fucking. It's the fact that somehow he is monotone, but then also elevated in all the fucking wrong places. Mm. <laughs> also, I love the fact they cut scenes randomly and set other scenes like you know, like B-roll is mm. randomly in there. So it's like it's like Garth, listen, cuts. Garth, listen to me right now. <laughs> yeah, but they've cut in two shots. Yeah. They've got the takes fucked. Start again. Yeah. Again, Black Dynamite did it. Like did the exact same thing six years later. Yeah. And only just sort of matched the fucking. Slamming the phone down after he's taken a call and picking it back up. Again. <laughs> Pick it back up. Goodbye. It's the only show I've ever seen where someone says goodbye when they finish a phone call. It's a consistent thing through the series. Everyone says goodbye at the end of a phone call. Yeah, I think the only other time is like in was it Airwolf? Everybody said over and out. <laughs> yeah, all there's the like time. a bit of Todd's on the phone. He's being attacked by the utensils, and he's like, "Yeah, I've been cornered by some utensils in the in the basement. Yeah, a whisk, a spatula." <laughs> <laughs> You've got a fork. Obviously, I'm going to take out the whisk first, then the spatula and the fork. <laughs> he goes, oh no, it's got me in the leg. I'm going to go, okay, well, I'll get back to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's fucking Matt, Matt Berry. Matt Berry's got his gun and he's shooting and stuff and then he's, the gun starts turning towards him. <laughs> so he throws it on the ground and pulls another gun out of his ankle and shoots at the first gun yeah. and then runs off. Fucking amazing. <laughs> the show's Perfect. <laughs> It is new. Learn to teach, treat women more fair and more nicely. I tell Liz tomorrow that she looks good and that her hair's nice. Whatever seems more plausible. <laughs> I'm remembering the security guard now on that episode. The episode where the, uh, the, the screwdriver's going into his chest. He's just. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. No, he's the, the intern. They reverse the shot, don't they? Yeah, it's the intern. <laughs> that Rick doesn't like for some reason at the start, and then by the end he's like, you're the best intern I ever had. <laughs> oh, that's fucking classic. Hide your shameless. And the guy blows up, and it's all a slow motion explosion, and guts flying everywhere, and he goes, you're right. <laughs> Oh, the fucking, the five-minute monkey on a bike race. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sort of um, Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding, yeah. 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 I thought I lost you back there. You know me, I can't stay away from the actions on the cycles. And he gets up and he's like, I'm all sweaty now. And it's just him, goes back to the interview and goes, look, antiperspirant clogs your pores. And that causes the sweat to go back inside you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, anyway, go from a good start place. Uh, you know, people, if they've heard of it, they should watch it. I think everybody has seen it at this point, but I, I don't think everybody has watched those commentaries because they are so fucking mm. funny. They are as funny as the original series. The DVD has an hour of interviews, doesn't yeah. it, as well? Because they, they just filmed a whole bunch of interviews and cut them together for the show. Just had everybody in character just reading yeah. whatever. Apart from um, Madeline, who Liz, all Liz, because she disappeared at some point after the show's yeah, like, it's like And there's a the whole thing where it's like, if a body's anywhere, it's going to be in the Baltics. Not saying I know anything, I'm just saying... <laughs> Like if a body was gonna go missing, it was it would go missing in the Baltics. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell! Yeah, there was a so around the same time as that was originally released, there was a Stephen King series called Kingdom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was about a hospital full of wacky going on. Yeah, and I remember BBC was showing Kingdom around the same time as Garth Marenghi's Dark Places, and I think that that just really summed up the the mid mid nineties to mid two thousands and BBC versus Channel Four. Because yet BBC would be like, and now a documentary about the wildlife of the UK. And then you turn to Channel 4 and be like, and now you're trash for four hours. Here's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the wildlife Woo-hoo! of France and there's some naked cleaners. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, okay. So my next review. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, uh, the battle against... Is it heartburn? No, the battle against Herbies. No. Oh. No, I'm uh, I'm going to talk about Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Edition. Isn't what? Yeah, I'm going to talk about Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Edition. That came out. <sighs> Have we already done that? Before you say anything, Ant. I'm talking about Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Edition on the PS4. Oh god! Oh god, that was a bit. Was Can you chips. like just try what and wrong with those complete chips? a sentence without hiccuping, burping, hiccuping. or farting? I mean, I can yeah. Try. I could try it. What am I going to use for, for... What am I going to use for grammar? <laughs> All right, so more Kombat People have 11. to listen to this. They have to listen to you burp into their ears. It's flavour text. That's not what <laughs> flavour text is. <laughs> You're is. not Guy Fieri. It is when you, can, when you can taste the McDonald's chips I tried to eat before this. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat 11, Ultimate Edition. Uh, it's Mortal Kombat 11, isn't it? But with all the DLC added in, which means that you get to play the fantastic Aftermath storyline. Ooh. So did you play all through Mortal Kombat 11 storyline, Ant? Yeah, and then instantly so, regretted the entire experience. So you remember... Well, no, you didn't. You enjoyed the storyline. Everybody kind of likes the storylines in these stupid games because they're always kind of fun with Such are. It's such... They're so, they're so, so silly and fun. They're so deep, aren't like, they? Only this series would go, Johnny Cage is the saviour of the human race in 9 and 10, and then 11 be like, we had to bring Liu Kang back. <laughs> we had to bring him back, because Kronika is messing with the time stream, guys. 
It's completely normal sentence in the Mortal Kombat world. Anyway, so the original storyline ends with Liu Kang becoming a thunder and fire god and defeating Kronika, reclaiming the timeline and correcting it so that, you know, Earth was all sorted and all cushy. Yay! Cushy. Um, so in Aftermath, you basically play the B storyline, which is where some of the DLC characters are, um, are trying to work together to correct some of the issues and also Kronika is sort of, um, She's trying to undo the timeline that Liu Kang eventually creates. She's dead. Well, no, she's dead, but she's also throughout time. Oh. So so she's sort of like, whilst other things have been happening, she's also been with her machinations trying to fuck everyone over in the background. She's got a lot of time um, spare. Yeah, she does. Well, unlimited time. She's Kronika. Oh, Kronika. Um, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty fun. It's that same cheesy, silly B-movie stuff, but... And this is a big... According to the Mortal Kombat fans, Mortal Kombat's very serious and deep lore. Fuck. Very important. Very, very good storytelling. Which cunts told you that? Idiots. Idiots. You show me a fan of Mortal Kombat who talks like that and I'll show you a virgin. Which means we can sacrifice them (laughs) to the Mortal Kombat gods. Because I take it seriously. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't give a fuck. Um, one of the really good things I do about this is, um, I can't remember the name of the actor, but the guy who played Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat movie. Karihiro Yuki Tagawa. There we go. He's back as Shang Tsung in yeah, Aftermath. Yeah, was in 11. Yeah, in 11. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, but he's in the he's in the base game as well. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. When you go around the um, crypt. Oh, right. He's your he's guide. A, he's your guide. Yeah. We have to get to play as him now. Oh. As DLC oh. in Mortal Kombat. Oh. One of the main characters through the last nine games. You finally get to play as him again. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's value for money. Um, <laughs> what is it with these teenage girls? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. It's a good fighting game. And considering the last time I played this was on Switch, where 30 frames a second was the normal, seeing it in 60 and 4K is fucking beautiful. Yeah, I could have told you it was better if you played it in 60 frames per second and stuff. Well, no, but, like, that's kind of another point I was going to bring up in a second, but don't Playing worry. your freaking Mega Drive port on the we Switch. We will get to that in a second, Ant. Calm your tits. The one that's, like, 4P. Calm your tits. It's, like, four vertical Calm pixels. Calm those tits. If I have to tell you again, I'm turning this podcast around, and we'll go back to irrelevant randomness. What was I talking about? That's right. Shang Tsung. So he's back as Shang, a playable Shang character. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Hung. Shang Tsung. <laughs> Um, he's back as a playable character and god damn it is he charmingly evil like the whole thing Nightwolf is kind of like hey we've got to team up with this guy because we can kind of trust him the whole time you're playing the game you're like I definitely can't trust this guy and then when you get to the end you get to pick if you want Liu Kang or Shang Tsung to win the uh, final fight oh spoilers guys if you want to see both endings you can chapter select that moment after you've completed it yay um, but basically, if you if you win as Liu Kang, you correct the timeline again. You erase Kronika entirely from history, and you make it so that the older gods and everything else are established, but like Mortal Kombat is known to the Earth Realm people. Because that was kind of the whole thing, is Mortal Kombat is kind of unfair, because the um, Earth Realm people never have a fucking clue it's happening, whereas the Out Realm... Outworld and, and uh, Never Realm and all the other weird realms they've got, because they've got multiple ones at this point... All those people fucking have... Like, they get to train and shit. Yeah. Like... It's a bit unfair. It's very unfair. Um, You've got some new DLC characters that are all in there. You've got, like, Robocop and Terminator and Rambo. And you know what? They fit fucking perfectly in this stupid game. And it's really fun playing as them. 
Rambo is probably the one I had the most fun with, even though he's quite generic. It is a bit like playing as one of the normal characters from the game. I think just the fun of being Sylvester Stallone and it being damn fucking good looking. Like, the game itself is so detailed. Does it have the bit where he spends 90 minutes telling you that Mexico's all bad and full of No, no, no. I have to watch Rambo Last Blood for that. Fucking terrible film. The worst. (laughs) The worst film. It's actually really bad. It is so (laughs) bad. And people defend it. Just, Think about that. I saw some people go, "No, it's it's not that propaganda. Like it's not. It's pure fucking right wing propaganda." Yeah, it's all right wing propaganda. Oh god. There's one good scene though. It's where he uh, breaks that guy's collarbone. Really fucks up that guy's collarbone. I was uh, like, "That's a bit original." Never yeah. seen that in a film. Um. So yeah. So um. So yeah, there's only one gripe I have, and it's so fucking stupid. It's so. It's one of those things that I I think only I would care about. So they've got Spawn in there. Spawn's a fighting character again. I think last time this happened was Soul Calibur 2. Maybe. On the Xbox, you could play a Spawn. Yeah. I think there's been another Spawn fighting game or like an yeah, appearance of Spawn. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, so um, so Spawn's in this, but it's Keith David from the animated series and not Michael Jai White from the film. Oh, outrageous. I really wish I had the choice. Oh. I wish I could play as Eva. But Keith David, I mean, he's a cool motherfucker anyway and his voice is great, so... It works well, but I'm just a little bit disappointed. Um, but yeah, all in all, really fucking good. So here's the here's the thing that I was going to say. Um, I played it originally on Switch, and I really like the Switch version, and I've gone back to it, and it still plays really well, and it looks great, and there is something about being able to play Mortal Kombat on the go. But, and this is the big fucking problem now, this game on PS5, you can get the disc for 20 quid? On Switch, you're still paying like £25, and it's DLC, it's like all download codes. There's no actual disc or yeah. no cart, and that's kind of fucking silly. And you know how we were talking the other day, you went past, you saw me playing it, and you were talking about talking to me about it. Um, it is, those online sections, if you're offline, still don't work. Yeah, on, it's the dumbest thing. On next-gen consoles, and on Switch, a portable console, they couldn't just go... It's offline as well. It works offline. Yeah, what, what, what do you need online for it's to give you It's just reward? for those stupid, shitty rewards that mm. don't mean anything. Yeah. No, the reason it's like that is because they made it so they could change what rewards, how much you get for each yeah. different thing. You know, do special double bonus point weekends and stuff. Just have a default it defaults to. Yeah. <laughs> but they won't have a default it defaults to because they want to make sure they can, you know, Monetize restrict shit. it. And if the default's better than the regular, people will just play offline. Um, and also one other gripe is they have a movie pack it's not including the ultimate edition no it's an extra five quid yeah and it's just a bit like it's not really ultimate if you don't include everything it's the same issue I had with Super Smash Bros yeah but there'll probably be another set of DLC for this game yeah fucking probably yeah. well actually I think Mortal Kombat 12 is being made now they're gonna get friggin Never Realm have you seen Never Realm setup so this is a little bit sidebar but they won't do Mortal Kombat 12 yet they'll be doing an Injustice or something next oh yeah Injustice maybe an Injustice yeah. 3 but I don't yeah. know how they could do that because Injustice 2 was kind of like an ending to it I don't know, who cares because I recently completed Injustice 2 there'll be a storyline where well. um, Batman's girlfriend gets killed and then he kills yeah, Lex Luthor a Flashpoint version, yeah. even though it was a Flashpoint version before, kind of. Do Mortal um, Kombat versus DC too. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. The Joker's in this, which feels really weird. He doesn't really, he doesn't really fit in this universe. 
they've just sort of added him because obviously they had the injustice skin and yeah. like it just sort of they wanted to add. It's him. the proper Joker though. No, it's not that horrible looking one from. Injustice no, it 2. is. It is kind of like an injustice two. It's like it's a injustice midpoint. two one looks fucking terrible. Yeah, it's like a midpoint. Stupid. The yeah. reason that looks terrible though is that's meant to be Harley Quinn's imagination version of Joker. Really? Yeah. That's. Jeez. Do you not know that she, he's not in the game? Like oh my God. the only time you actually fight Joker is when you're playing as Harley Quinn. She gets dosed by Scarecrow. No, and then like the thing that attacks you is like this weird, handsome version of Joker. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I mean, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? But it's just a. Con- it's just so they could get Joker in it again. Harley Quinn would have a fear that she'd lose her sandwich. <laughs> the great sandwich. Oh right, sorry, Birds of Prey. Look, I think we should appreciate that Birds of Prey's entire, like, steaks is is a sandwich. <laughs> no, because she pisses off... She pisses off Ewan McGregor before the sandwich thing. No, the sandwich thing's right at the start. Yeah, but she but pisses off Ewan McGregor what matters the night is, is before. That she wants the sandwich. The whole point is that... And he ruined her sandwich. No, because the whole stakes of the thing are Ewan McGregor's going to kill her. He realises that Joker's no longer with her. Not to her, her it isn't. As far as she's concerned, she wants that sandwich. Give it regardless. <laughs> Being killed by Ewan McGregor is a minor detail to her. Like, not getting her bre- perfect breakfast sandwich is more important to her than any bullshit with crime lords. I'm going to say this now, having rewatched that film not long ago. Ewan McGregor is still one of the best things about that film. It's a good film. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. as a film, it's fine. It's way better than most of the shit that they release. But yeah. yeah, Ewan McGregor is just a fucking great bit of casting for that one. But yeah, so... um so yeah, Mortal Kombat 11 on, the, on the PS5. If you haven't played it on the PS4, and if you don't have a copy on the PS4, um, the PS5 version, you know, you get a free upgrade on those ones. So if you want to buy the older version and just play the base game and not have any of the DLC or unlockable shit, if you want the DLC on unlockable shit and you don't have the base game already, 20 quid is not a big asking price for a next-gen game. And it's a fairly decent upgrade in terms of visual- visuals. Like, there's no... Well, it's compared to the Switch version you were playing. <laughs> All right, I mean, there's a resolution for a start. All right, yeah. Not a Switch version where everyone's hair turns you're into blocks. Me- you're being mean, Anne, aren't you? You're being a meanie, and I don't understand, but I respect The Switch it. version has those freaking cutscenes, that video. <sighs> yeah. From the PS4, so that when yeah. you exit the cutscenes, like, suddenly everyone goes... Bleh. Yeah. I just suddenly look like troglodytes. I'll tell you what, so, like... Oh, that's me. Um, so I played, <laughs> I played Injustice 2 not long ago. Mm. And Injustice 2, I have to say is a better looking game than Mortal Kombat 11. Hmm. But there are reasons behind that. Um, like stuff like the textures on the thing, uh, not on the thing, on, on Swamp Thing. The thing's in it. The textures on Swamp Thing. He looks like a weird mix between like a gelatinous, mouldy thing. And there's just like a weird, it's so impressive that they've been able to do that and, and, and render that in a hmm. game. And it just looks really, really odd. Um, Swamp Thing and also the storyline in Injustice is a bit more fun it's a bit stupider um, doesn't it all just end up being about Brainiac at the end yeah and it's Jeffrey Combs yeah. as Brainiac yeah. which is great um, and you've got like, Faust Alan, in it when's Fa- when are they going to do Faust deals Faust isn't in it but they've got um, who's the that's it they should add to Mortal Kombat 11 Faust yeah kids, <laughs> kids love Faust from the film yeah, yeah. from the brand years love, in the film kids love Faust Faust versus Spawn we can finally settle it because Spawn was a rip-off of Faust. I'm going to tell you that Spawn wins. Yeah, but Spawn was a rip-off of Faust. It doesn't matter. Spawn wins. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Edition. If you've got a Series S or a Series X and you, or you've got a PS5 and you, you didn't play it before, 
20 quid to play this is really not a bad, bad price. And there is a lot of game there. Like, between the two story modes and everything else, there's a lot of fun to be had with this. Your review, Ant. In... Oh, sorry. I give it a... I give it a... Christopher Lambert. <gasps> I don't James think so. James I don't think so. <laughs> so I like... I like the story that... So you know Christopher Lambert was only meant to be in the beginning of that film. Yeah. And he was so invested and in, in, in so excited about being in the film that he flew his personal and private jet to the set to go and be in just random scenes. So you know like that scene where he punches the guy in the arm when they're watching the mm. fight? Not yeah. meant to be in there. No. Like, you know the scene where he turns up just and like... Just to hang out. Yeah, the scene where he turns up after after Sub-Zero gets killed by uh, by uh, Liu Kang. Not meant to be there. You know, he just turned up. He's just like, yeah, I'm invested. Mm. They paid him a lot of fucking money to be in it, though. He's having fun. Fortress 1 and 2 money. Yeah. Fortress 1 and 2 are great. Fortress is great. <laughs> Fortress 2 has a killer truck. Fortress 2, the, the, was it, the lady in Fortress 2 was in Peep Show. Was she? Yeah, she's um, that married woman that Mark um, oh. tries to have an affair with. Yeah, he does have an affair with. No, he tries, but he ends up hiding in the cupboard and then the woman's husband... No, but he does up. fuck her in the toilet. No, not her. That's oh. April. Oh. That's a different person. Multiple, multiple yeah. things that I haven't. Moroccan, Moroccan pasta. Yeah. <laughs> right, and your review? Um, I watched Invincible. They're alive, damn it. It's a miracle. <sighs> Unbreakable. Yeah. They're alive, damn it. Um, it's all right. Yeah. It's decent. It's... Animation's a bit shit. <laughs> it's, it's fine most of the time. They know when they're spending the money on it. But yeah. Invincible... Show this guy, he gets powers, his dad's a superhero, and there's some badness. Ooh, yeah. what's going to happen? And the show is about what you choose to do with your power. How are you going to use your power? What does your power mean? What responsibility comes with your power? Are you Those gonna questions aren't really things? asked in this. Not in the first series, it does come up. There's actually very clearly one episode which is entirely about what people choose to do with their power. Oh, is that the one where he keeps, uh, he goes episode to Mars? seven. You get to Mars. No, episode seven. When you've seen Adam Eve choosing to go off and be a wildlife oh, saver yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah. you know, there's all sorts of things. Um And it's got Doctor Gravity in that episode, isn't it? He's gonna destroy the statues. That was that's like the episode two. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's destroying Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's it. Um but no, it's a decent series. It's um Robert Kirkman's thing. I feel like the stuff where it's like excessively gory at times, yeah, to Gantz levels of gore. That's kind um, of in the comics as but well. Though. The thing is, I feel that's like Robert Kirkman's thinking because he did Walking Dead. He has to do gory. Even stuff, the Walking Dead like isn't expected. that gory. It's weird. Yeah, the comic is fairly gory. Well, no, like the comic for Walking Dead, like it's not like people gory. Like you know the rule where like if yeah. it's not a person being injured, it's not really gore. Yeah, like that's how you get. A... So in America, if you're like if you're killing aliens. You get a lower, lower like rating, uh, MPAA rating than you do because they're not people. real people. What about when we meet aliens? That's why Predator has green blood. Yeah. Did you not know that? No, because it looks cool. Yeah, that too. But yeah. yeah, it's also a key reason is that it avoided them getting like an X rating. Or this is like really, really violent at times, and it feels yeah. like it's just done for the sake of it. Like, I mean, the same thing happened with Young Justice, though, didn't it? When they brought that back, they made it really gory in in quite a few bits in that newer series, I especially when Cyborg frigging gets injured in that. Yeah. And he's like guts all hanging up and stuff. I think the problem but, is that Invincible was always written to be like that. Yeah. It was always meant to be like I feel like they should have saved it for certain moments, but it happens a lot during the series. Like if it was saved for the event at the end of the first episode yeah. and saved for the last fight, that last whole last episode, which is like brutal. Yeah. Um 
you know, but it's it's done in a way where like people just get dismembered all the time. But it is done to make you think humans are incredibly fragile. The heroes are the only people who can withstand this sort of stuff. And yeah, you know, it's a way to tell you what's the power level of the monsters they're fighting. It's like it rips through a human, it bounces off invincible. But um, yeah, that lad, cool Mark, gets his powers. I like some stuff with this. Like Mark isn't like he's not a straight A student or anything. He he could be the guy who's just at school. And everyone describes him as being just some guy. Yeah, you know? he's just Mark. Yeah, he's not a sports ball superstar. He's not getting good grades. He's just one some tick, guy. What sport did you just mention? Sports, sports ball, ball superstar. Sports ball. Yeah, that's the sports that they oh, play sports in America. Ball. Yeah. Famous game. Yeah. I think he plays a baseball in one episode, <laughs> but that's as a flashback. Um, I, yeah. Really good casting as well. Really like the voice so acting cast is crazy. strong. Shit ton of Walking Dead actors in it. Like Steve Yuen voices Mark, but then yeah. there's... Like friggin' Carrie, what's his face, isn't it? Carrie Payton, you know, when he plays um, Il, uh, Ezekiel, the king, whatever his yeah, name yeah. is. Yeah. Um, what's her face? He plays Carol, isn't Elizabeth. there? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, Carol? Yeah, Carol's voice actor, isn't it? Who's she in? She's um, friggin' uh, the war, war Woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all the Guardians of the Globe are Walking Dead actors. Aren't they? Yeah, Mark, Ross Marquand does a bunch of voices in it. Yeah. But then again, he does everyone's voice in the because, world. Because, like, even just the main cast, you've got Alan the Alien, Seth Rogen. Yeah. And you've got J.K. Simmons. Why is Alan the Alien dressed as He-Man? No, that's Alan, Alan the Alien's costume. Yeah, he's dressed as he He's dressed as Adam from He-Man. I think maybe, yeah, because yeah. he is meant to be a prince. Like, yeah. he's meant to be, like... He's a weird joke character that... That's one thing with this as well, is that I get why everything in the universe is a pastiche, specifically DC Comics. Yeah. It's very specifically everyone's a pastiche of comic book characters. Yeah. Um, and not even sometimes a pastiche, sometimes it is just the character, pretty much. Like the um, that um, Damien Darkblood. It's who's clearly meant to be like He's not mix. just Hellboy, he's Hellboy and Rorschach, and he talks like Rorschach, but looks like Hellboy. See, I thought he was meant to be Etrigan and Constantine. No, he's freaking Hellboy and... Do- he's Hellboy and freaking Rorschach. He looks like Hellboy. He looks like the Mike Mignola Hellboy. Yeah, but he also looks like Etrigan. He's and got like, he the talks weird... exactly like Rorschach. He even does yeah. a <sighs> thing. Yeah. Leaves his detective note in a place to be No, but he rhymes, himself. doesn't he? Yeah. So he's Sometimes. more like Etrigan. Maybe. Does he rhyme? I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. He says that like, you can cut the rhyming stuff Yeah. when he meets um, Omni-Man for the first time. Maybe. Yeah. But, um... No, there's but there's a whole bunch of them. Like the whole Guardians of the Globe are clearly... You know, it's, it's Justice League. Walter Goggins plays fucking Cecil. Yeah. Nah. That's weird. His voice sounds weird coming out of that art. I feel like they should yeah. have maybe redesigned the character a bit. I yeah, I think they should have de-aged him a little bit because yeah. in the comics in Vietnam, he's he's like a like an assassin, mm. and the reason he's got the weird scars is revealed later. Yeah, because um, I read all the comics leading up to this being released because I got all the compendiums mm. and read for them all, and like it's very strange being back at the beginning because this universe is. We are literally dipping our toe into what it is. Like you see yeah. Alan the Alien, and you're like, "Oh, okay," and stuff like the Martian storyline being set up again. Mm. Like that's all just dipping your toe into stuff. Yeah, the last episode ends with a whole bunch of little teases for yeah future things, but, which um, I liked. I liked that. Yeah, it's fine. I feel like like it, it relies a lot on stuff you already know. It relies on you knowing what a Superman type character is, and you know what a Hulk type character is, and all this sort of stuff with a whole bunch of its heroes. You know, you get the robot who, you know, you already... You, Zachary Quinto. Yeah. But it's like, he's there in a way where it's like, you, you're, it wants you to associate that with a character that already exists in your brain. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the whole plot of like, like whenever you get superheroes and their sons in DC comics and stuff, it's always kind of fudged and 
it's not particularly great. It's just because they want to introduce another character, but this feels like they've actually done this in a way where there is a real story to tell with Mark and oh yeah, and it gets what his choice is to be a hero and what he's going to do. And I love that there's no debate. He is he wants to do be a hero. Yeah, like even when he have the moments where he's not sure, he still snaps into action when he needs to. Yeah, because even though his mind's not quite there, he deep down he wants to jump straight back into the action yeah and that comes into it in the future yeah. in the future it's going to come into a lot they've already confirmed season 2 and 3 yeah they're going to need about 10 to get through all the storylines but I reckon they could condense it down and remove a lot of the fluff yeah. um, that's what I think as well is that the episodes are 45 minutes long each and I feel like maybe they should have trimmed them down by about 10 minutes or so like bump yeah, up the animation here and there there are some I like that they're long and like the other thing was the teasers at the end yeah the little like the little like um, there's a little extra scene just yeah. The only one that I thought was like completely necessary was um, was the one where you see where Omni Man was up to when he was in the other in the alien world, no, yeah. and he's just destroying everything like he's yeah. literally ripping a town to pieces. Yeah. He's like, I can keep destroying stuff and you keep rebuilding it, but you can just send me home if you want. <laughs> like that's a great move. That's a Superman style move. A Superman wouldn't. Genocide an entire he planet. He wouldn't genocide, no, but he would destroy stuff if they wouldn't release him. Yeah. Um, I also like the idea they can hold their breath and be in space. Mm. And Mark has to, he's fighting Alan the alien and like he gets punched, hits the moon, and he has to fly down quickly, take a deep breath, and then fly back up to start yeah. fighting Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's decent, solid stuff. It's, I mean, I can't be bothered with a lot of these post Watchmen superheroes, you know, are superheroes actually good stories? Because there's a lot of them, but this one kind of. It doesn't do that so much. It's not. No. It's not like because I, I couldn't bother to watch the Umbrella Academy or the boys or even Watchmen. Like I, I watched watch. I read Watchmen in years ago. It's that, I'm done with yeah. that. It doesn't really change, I, and because all of them feel like fan fiction to me of Watchmen. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the like the Watchmen film feels like fan fiction of Watchmen. Yeah. Um, it feels like Watchmen. Written basically, every universe. single Watchmen comic that's been released in the last 10 years because DC only keep making the Watchmen comics so they can keep hold of the license to it because yeah. otherwise they have to revert back to Alan Moore so they're hoping to outlast him basically they probably will he gets sick yeah. Um, but yeah they're just kind of all with that but at least this is like even though it's unoriginal in terms of p- presenting its characters it still feels more original it feels more live than a lot of them yeah I think that Invincible the comic because I know where it's going Hmm. it's hard to really speculate as to how the story will continue. Um, like I said, so many of the seeds of what I can see coming up are, are set there. Um, and I can see what they'd remove to make it a more coherent story. Um, Omniman as a character is so interesting just because you can straight away see that there's conflict between him growing up in a world that's based entirely on war and killing and, and destroying hmm. and you know filtering out weakness. Um, and then being in a world where he shows unconditional love to his wife, to his kid, him being so tethered to them and negating his entire mission because he doesn't say it in this, but like they were there just to propagate. Like mm. he was meant to be just fucking his way through the indigenous women. Yeah. He's meant to be like experimenting with his genes when it's combined with human DNA. The fact that Mark exists is a miracle. The fact that Mark grew up even somewhat normal is a miracle. And you can kind of see the day that Mark gets his powers and starts developing, his dad hesitates before saying, well then, son, it's time to start your training. He sort of like looks sad for a minute. Yeah. And that's meant to hint at the fact that he is, 
he wants to go against that code. He wants to go against that idea. And the Voltramites themselves are a fucking fascinating alien race. Like, imagine Superman, but if Superman's true power could only be unlocked when he was so impossibly enraged that everything else became mm. became nothing more than an insect. And, like, again, you get hints of that here. Like, if they get to the point where they just want to kill, if they get, like, beaten down to a certain, certain degree, they'll just fucking instantly rage out and start ripping everything to shreds. And that's like their creed. That's like credence. Um, I really fucking like it though. I really like it. And I liked, I liked the destruction of like, I wish they showed a little bit more of the whole immortal thing. Because in the comics you see immortal and you see that they've got his head in his body, you know, the, the Mauler yeah. twins. Yeah. And that's like sort of, they set the seeds of that, like him coming back. They're like, what we'll do is we connect his head, yeah. And then we put the collar around him that we're going to get from robot for making robots. But it's like, yeah. And then we control the immortal. Mm. And then, like, as soon as they bring him back, he does the same thing in the comic. He fucks off immediately. And they're like, mm. ah, this isn't going to come back on us, is it? And then, like, the police immediately bust in. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, they're a really interesting character. I really like it. And I'm looking forward to season two. I just hope that they don't ease off the violence because that's kind of the point of Invincible. I know you said that it feels like it's redundant. Not redundant, but... What if I watch animation that's really violent? I just think of kids drawing yeah. gory pictures in their books. <laughs> like, <coughs> like, yeah, and like, that, it does kind of get like that at times. But with this, I think the whole point is, and you see it in the title sequence, that title sequence just gets bloodier and bloodier. Hmm. And like that's the whole point, is it just like it keeps getting worse. Um, I'm trying to think of like characters I really liked. Oh, I fucking loved Rexplode. Such a prick. He's dick. But he is... He's absolutely re-explode from the comics. Explosion. Yeah. And like they get into the in the comics they tell you how he got his powers. And Duplicate's stuff. a pretty clever name. Duplicate is pretty clever. Um yeah. Atom Eve is good. Yeah. Um Monster Her powers Girl. aren't well defined at first. When you first come no. across it, it's like her powers are making shields and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, she can like create energy. But then like episode five is something like, Oh yeah, I can also like just change things. Yeah. So her and her and um Rexplode are the only two that get like a little they had like Comic Con side issues that told mm. their stories, and basically Rexplode, um, he was a kid. His parents mm. were junkies. He was sold off at the age of three to this like Batman style person, and that guy injected kinetic energy builders into his arms. Mm. So he's kind of got Gambit's powers, so he can just like basically electrify yeah, well, he's just Gambit. Yeah, uh, but they also like they send him to like places so he can train in gymnastics and mm. hand to hand fighting and stuff. And they were, like, really happy with him until he turned, like, 16 and he was just a dick. So they were like, we're done with you. And he just went on and became a superhero. Yeah. And um, Atom Eve, like, her parents are, like, super religious people that got conned by, like, a conned by someone who was, like, inserted in their church. And they ended up, like, letting her kid get, letting their kid get experimented on. So when she was a young age, they basically would... Yeah, it doesn't really go into the backstories of anyone's no, origins no. and stuff. Duplicate has a twin brother that you see in one episode, mm. very briefly. Um, because he is basically her evil twin. That's his format. Um, yeah, I just, I hope that there's only one storyline in, in Invincible that I really don't like, and it's a Dinosaurus stuff. Dinosaurus is like a villain, and like he's like a normal guy, but if, um, I can't remember what it is, if he feels at, at peace, or if, he, if his heart rate like goes to a normal level, he becomes a giant evil dinosaur that's damn near like undefeatable, and is a super genius. And keeps trying to commit genocide. Oh. And at one point he convinces Invincible to help him. And he says, I'm not going to commit genocide. And he commits a genocide. Genocide's good. It's good yeah. fun. It's really an irritating character arc. 
mm. because you wouldn't expect Mark to fall for something when Cecil's done something quite evil before that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the fucking. There's a character I think I spoke about him last time we were, we were talking about this when I reviewed the comics. There's a character that is just someone who can travel between dimensions mm. and he just gets all his like alternate counterparts, gets all their knowledge, mutates because of all the knowledge, becomes like this big weird brain dude with like he's got arms and legs and a normal body, but his like brain basically stretches down his spinal column and he just becomes enraged and mad and he just starts hunting Invincible. But then he convinces the evil Invincibles to come to Invincible's original universe. And there's this massive fuck-off war with, like, 80 versions of Invincible who are all evil, horrible monsters. Are you spoiling what's happening in the uh, It happens in the comic. I don't think they're going to do it for the TV series. Yeah, well, they're just going to keep copying it. Yeah, I don't think they will, because they haven't copied it, like, word for word for this. There's some mm. stuff that's changed. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. Did you know? Is it my review now? Yeah. It's your last review. I'm going to review Fountain... Fountain? Fountainhead. I know you, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Never heard of it. I watched all uh, six episodes of The Sand, did you? Yeah. Well, what did you think? Uh, it's alright. <coughs> it's decent. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, he keeps trying to be a bit more, you know, in-depth than the usual Marvel thing. She's trying to be about something, which a lot of Marvel films aren't about anything. Yeah. Because, um, you know, let's face it, they're not. But um, they did kind of stumble on the landing at the end. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, I kind of agree with you. Mm. I'm going to say that I really liked this, but there Six. are a ton of criticisms I have for the series itself. And I think one of the biggest ones is, what did they do to Sharon Carter? Give me back my Sharon Carter. What is this mess? That's like my biggest gripe is Sharon Carter's treatment in this. Well, because she's like... Uh... Something dodgy going on. Well, like, they've just gone... Sharon Carter, this woman who has a lineage of heroism, and in the comics she's, like, a massive player in the comics, and she's really interesting, and as a character she's been on both sides of the fight, but she's also always, like, sort of focused on the good and avoided people dying and stuff. In this she's like, I melt a guy's face with mercury. I'm power broker, bitch! Yeah. Like, it's weird. Um, anyway, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Falcon is Sam Wilson, who, after the snap, is struggling to finance his family's fishing boat um, and help his sister and her and his nephews but also upholding the Falcon name and sort of like fighting him not being able to get a bank loan is like the most realistic thing the Marvel Universe has ever done yeah (laughs) it really is Um, and that was like kind of an interesting scene because you had someone who is a celebrity Hmm. but he's a celebrity for fighting crime and, like, just trying to get a loan is difficult because he didn't get paid by the Avengers. Which is one of those questions I think a lot of people had about the Avengers and how that works. Like, are they hired? Are they, like, mercenaries? How does that work? Turns out they don't really get paid. They just fight crime no. when the world's in danger, I guess. No, they ruin people's generosity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sam Wilson, Sam Wilson has uh, come back after the blip, saved the world, um, and been given the shield, but rejected the shield... Um, not because he knew the history of it, just because he felt like it, it wasn't his. He felt like he hadn't earned it, almost. Yeah. Um, and so he rejected it, and in his absence as Captain America, after being handed that responsibility, um, the US government have created their own version of Captain America. A non-powered individual named John Walker gets given the shield and given the moniker Captain America to fight crime in the interest of America. 
Um, meanwhile, Bucky Barnes is dealing with the grief of being the Winter Soldier and some of the things that he was forced to do. Um, and, uh, and he, he finds himself unable to sort of commit to anything and also how to get to normal life and decides that he's going to hit up Sam Wilson and try and try and help him take down the Flag Smashers, who are an international terrorist group, although I say terrorist lightly, because, to be fair, they're right about a lot of stuff. Yeah, the, the, the only reason they kill anyone in the f- is to make sure you don't like them too much. Yeah, <laughs> so, it does feel like that, Because they're it? clearly right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the whole idea is that there are a lot of displaced people after the blip, and they've come back from, from nowhere, and some of them aren't even in their own country. They don't exist anymore, and there's mm. no way they can really go home. Um, and so all these countries are arguing, saying, well, all these people that were on holiday or whatever when the blip happened, what the fuck are we meant to do with them? We can't just pay to have them go home. And some of them don't have homes anymore. We can't just kick people out of their houses. And uh, and Sam Wilson... <clears throat> in probably- Surely there's, like, you know, a shit ton of empty houses. Well, no, because like if 50% of people are there, mm. and you've got a family of four... Two people are probably going to be left. Like, odds are two people are going to be left in that family. Yeah, no, there's probably bound loads of empty houses. Um, yeah, one of the one of the best, one of the most simple lines, and one of the best lines of the whole thing, and in one of the scenes I liked the least, is Sam Wilson basically steals a TV camera and forces the leaders of the, like, the group that are meant to be rehoming these people. Mm. He forces them to stay, to sit on camera, and he just goes, I'm not the person who answers the questions that you're asking. I'm just saying treat them like fucking humans and that's just perfect. That's it. Mm. Like treat them like humans. Um, I still don't know how he lifted that truck. Terror sympathizer. What? When he's with his jetpack. Well, his arms would go. Yeah, but he's jetpack. Yeah, but his arms would go. And he's got vibranium base. He doesn't have super arms. His armor. <laughs> it's not armor, it's, it's leather. It's made of vibranium. <laughs> no, it's not. They got the Black Panther people to make it. Ugh. Wakandans made it. That annoyed me so much. Because Wakandans make everything now. Tony Stark isn't yeah, making it. Um, I want to know how Winter Soldier was like, hey oh, um, need one more favour? Looking strong, John. And did he like draw? Did he draw, <laughs> draw the costume? comic book character's costume? Um, so yeah, so um, we end up, so the the whole series amounted to nothing more than like basically like a prequel to the next Captain America. Mm. Um, because Sam I like the Martian Manhunter's daddy was in it. You know the um the old guy who's experimented on the other yeah. super soldier. It's Martian Manhunter's dad from Supergirl. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I know he's a lot I younger. Like, I know his face. Why do I know his face? So there is like there are there are a couple of things that like I need to preface before I go into like how I feel about the whole thing. Um, You're going to spoil stuff, are you? No, no, no. Um, it's only about stuff that was shot, but then was removed and cut up, and then like other stuff that happened. Oh, are you, are you pretending you know? So originally, originally knowledge. this was meant to come out in 2019 or something. Maybe it was meant to come out like late 2019, early 2020, um, and there was like a big storyline in there about a virus, basically. Yeah. And that was removed entirely from the from the plot, so that, that sort of no longer a function of this series. Why? What happened? Pandemic. Um, what? And you can sort of tell that... And I think that Sharon Carter being the power broker came from that because it was meant to... It was meant to be a whole thing about the virus starting in Madripoor mm. and then spreading. Um, and yeah, you really get a sense that there is something missing because there are moments that it just seems like they've shot Sharon Carter saying stuff into a phone. Um, but yeah. So... Sam Wilson is pretty consistently fun. I enjoyed him in this. Bucky 
is an interesting character and he continues to be interesting. I just wish that they spent more time actually being the Falcon and the Winter Soldier together. They spend a lot of this series apart and they don't really hang out that much. And when they do hang out, they don't have that connection that you think... to hang out and, you know, play some games. Shoot shit. Shoot shit, yeah. Um, no, but I just wanted them to have some sort of connection because people get saying this like the Marvel's version of Midnight Run uh, or something like that. And I was just like... Well, I was just saying people who keep insisting that um, Captain America Winter Soldier is a thriller. Probably, mate. Yeah. Probably. Um, but yeah, I just wish that I just wish there was some more of that because the, these guys are both good, and when they're on the circuit together, like doing like media stuff, they're great. They're like usually the highlight of those things, hmm. just because they talk about silly shit and they do rib each other quite a bit. Um, but then in this, you don't really get a they're sense acting. of that. They don't actually like each other. No, like, they, they hate, each, hate other. each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're yeah, like acting like friends. I really wish that they just had like they could have wrapped up the Flag Smasher stuff and then the last episode could be the Isaiah Bradley stuff, maybe give that a bit more breathing room, mm. maybe show some of the stuff that actually happened with Isaiah Bradley. I get seeing people complaining saying the show was boring because like, there's a lot more like dialogue-heavy scenes than there are in the usual Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of a good sign of what your average Marvel movie watcher seems to be able to maintain is they, they need to see something get hit. Yeah. They need to see Iron Man do an Iron Man thing. Yeah, I think that I wasn't too I wasn't too upset mm. about the action. I think there was enough action there. I just thought one episode. I think episode four has that fight sequence at the start with John Walker, you know, Winter Soldier and Falcon, and that's the only action scene in the whole episode, mm. apart from if you count Sam throwing the disc and learning how to use the shield for a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah. That's like then I saw people going, "Oh, it's a really boring episode." And I'm like, freaking have an attention span of more than five seconds. I really like that Dun. montage where he's learning how to use it. Yeah. I really like the fucking... Yeah. He He specifically needs to know how to do a flip and catch the shield. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's, that's more like a mid-air thing for him. Yeah. Because he's got to like, he always yeah. disembarks the wings. So like mid-air you got to flip and he's like grabbing the shield then re-embarking the I wings. mean, if he was smart, he would just put some of the drone tech into the shield so that it would home in on his arm. Yeah. Or just magnets. Yeah, motherfucking right. man. How do they work, though? That's true. How yeah. do magnets work? Um, yeah. Bartok the Leaper. Batrock. Batrock, sorry, the Leaper, played by George yeah. St. Pierre. Yeah. Uh, should not have given him any grief at the end. He should have just beaten him up. He's like, fun. He was fun. Oh, he like, leaps a bit. Yeah, he was fun, but just the fact at the end, he's like, sounds like, I'm just going to leave this situation. I'm just going to fly off. I do love for some reason in this Marvel stuff, Batrock <laughs> the Leaper and fucking... Who's Crossbones? Are like the two guys they keep bringing back. Yeah. Like of all the Marvel villains you could possibly have, they've become the reoccurring, like, you know, guys. Zemo, Zemo was so Zemo. good in this. Didn't do much. No, but he was so good. Just yeah. he is a charming fucking. Didn't the trailer monster. show him with the mask on? Yeah, and he never seen it. He, in the does, show. he does put it on. Does he? Yeah, you know. You saw him pick him up, pick it up. Yeah, he picks it up, and then you know the scene where they're in the or they're in the shipping containers, yeah. seeing the thing. Oh yeah, he yeah, pops out of nowhere yeah, yeah. with the mask on and like beats the shit out of everyone. Yeah, but because Daniel Brawl doesn't a really real fight. Thing. Yeah, so it's just like um, one of the funny things is Daniel Brawl was apparently like a fucking like proper nightmare on set because mm-hmm. he speaks like six languages. He speaks six languages. That sounds really helpful, he, especially he, if you're shooting overseas. He six he speaks so many languages, and like he watches 
like loads of weird German and like French and Italian TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently there was like a TV crew, not a TV crew, so there were a bunch of actors from like a TV drama that's German and the hotel. And like he saw them, he was wearing a robe. He went down to the to the main concierge place to ask for a towel and he was wearing a robe. And as he was going up, he was talking to these people in German whilst uh, whilst uh, um, Anthony Mackie was in the, in the thing with him. Mm. And uh, and like they didn't see him then like they saw him like the that evening he was going out drinking with these people hmm. then the next day he turns up like on stage and like did you go out drinking online he's like oh yeah I got like free like I'm okay I'm fine and like like what were you saying to these people just like oh just congratulating them on their tour and it's like it's like and then what happened he went I went to the club you know? <laughs> and I was just like I was thinking to myself Daniel Brew does not seem like the type does he and then you see that scene where he's just dancing in the club. I love the fact that they released a, a Marvel cut of that. Where it's Didn't just... they re-edit the episode and put a little yeah. shot of him dancing in there or something? I saw someone said that. Something like that. Um, but yeah, Zemo, despite being a genocidal maniac, really fun. Mm. Really liked him turning up and being like, you know, I liked the conversation about, um, what's the album? Uh, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye, Gaye that's yeah. it. It's a seminal work, Sam. <laughs> it's one of the finest yeah. African American albums that speaks about the plight of the everyman. Mm. And Bucky's just like, I thought it was okay. I prefer old music. <laughs> no, Sam Wilson's like, he's out of line, but he's right. He's, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I really like that. I, I liked I like those moments and mm. I think I just wanted more of that. Like I don't know they did the whole twist on the whole breaking out of prison thing where it shows, oh, what's the whole here's the plan for it he goes oh he's already broken out yeah, like, yeah. it's like oh we've already like, done it and he comes right. up and he goes hello Sam it's like yeah if I told you this before you would have tried to stop him yeah. like, I still yeah. fucking love that that fight scene between John Walker and the um, and AO hmm. and, and he's just getting his ass handed to him and Bucky's just like got his arms forward and just comes up and goes looking strong looking strong John yeah <laughs> I fucking I really like the idea of someone in a super super just him completely out of his depth though because yeah. he's like you know he's, he's like don't don't try anything yeah you don't know what you're doing these are dormant melagia they they will yeah. fucking kill you yeah and he's like he's like look listen I'm an American <laughs> I saw people going oh they're making US agent come across like a fascist I'm like yeah that's what he is <laughs> what, he, US like, agent is Captain America if he didn't have the morals if he just blindly followed the American yeah. military rule and all that sort kind of stuff. Kind of. So That's nowadays, nowadays he's a bit more. He's a bit more interesting. Like they've. That's the only thing that I I don't like about this is that U.S. agent in this gets his powers from a serum, so he's essentially just Captain America, but fascism. Fascism. Mm. In the comics, he becomes Captain America, like in this, before he gets any powers. But then he goes to the power broker with his mate, who's Battlestar. And they get powers from the power broker to wrestle. His mate's not Battlestar battle anymore. No, he's not. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's battle dead. Yeah. Um, battle yeah. cat. They should get battle cat. There you go. Um, so the new comics that have John Walker in, um, he's a dick and he's to the point, but he's not like coded fascist anymore. Mm. Like he is just like pissed off that he got, <clears throat> got fucked over a lot, really. And also like in the modern day, you can't really have a character who's like, Fascism doesn't start like it, if fascism isn't one person being a prick, it's mm. like a group of people being pricks and taking shit over and then telling people how to live their lives. And you like you can't you can't really say that guy's a fucking fascist prick without thinking who put that fascist prick in power. Well, it's I mean, other people that want fascist shit. And so in the comics, they've kind of done like the whole 
he gets blamed for like tons of the decisions that were made above him and he was forced to enact. Hmm. And like there are ramifications of that on his own family and on his own life. So it's like sort of fucked over people around him, like his sisters implicated in the newer comic and like forced into that world. No one cares and also, about US Agent though. Also, US Agent has like a really interesting storyline where he he basically went and saved someone in a village who was about to be shot. And it turns out that the guy was like never in danger. He's like some martial arts. He's he's known by like Shang-Chi and people like that as like the master. And he's just like this martial arts fucking amazing martial arts person. Um, and he's one of his trainees is part of the new super soldier serum program. And like, he's the new captain America in the new comics. Mm. And there's like a really interesting storyline around that. Oh, is that the one I've seen the weirdos complaining about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably because yeah, in the comics, the big joke is that there is another vibranium shield, but the government hold the rights to it. So the new guy has the vibranium shield that's US agent shield. And he's still using those. He's literally got like fucking. He's got a point on the like. He jumps on the plane at one point and pulls out a rack of like shields and takes a new one off and puts mm. on his arm and goes, "All right, I've got this." Um, yeah, really good though. I, U.S. Agent as a character is a lot more interesting than if you make it so that he was following orders, but then just fucking completely out of his depths. And in this, like, they do make a point to say it's the same sort of serum as Captain America had. So makes good shit good, bad shit bad. But if there's a grey area to you, then what does it do? But yeah. It makes you murder someone. Yeah, murder someone in in cold blood. Mm. I liked the fact that he he made that moral decision, but before he made the moral decision to let them know, he threw a shitty beat-up shield over the edge of the club. Like, there you go, guys. I'm good now, kind of. But played really well. Like, he's played by a big old goober. Like, um, White Russell is great as just a fucking... Don't know who he is. He's a guy from Overlord... He was in Arrested Development. He's in season three of Arrested Development, or season four of Arrested Development. Never heard of him. He's Mark Cherry's entourage. His joke starts hanging out with Mark Cherry. Yeah. And White Russell's there, all skinny and young, and he's like, he's like hey! Yeah. yeah, he's an overlord. He's in um, Goon 2. He's Kurt Russell's son. Is he? Yeah. Oh. That's who he is. Oh. He's a US agent. Getting that Disney money like his dad did. Be the last words that uh, Kevin Feige writes on a bit of paper. Mm. Wyatt Russell is like, were you going to say killed you, Kevin? (laughs) (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. But yeah, I really enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I think it's a solid, I don't want to give it a name because there's so many episodes. So mate, it's like six episodes of people are moaning. (laughs) I'd say that it's like a solid seven or eight out of ten. Like, it's not perfect TV but if you like Marvel films and and if you find those characters charming I mean the show exists just to set up a Captain, Captain America, America film with yeah. thingy in it well I mean you could have set that up in the beginning of the Captain America the, film. the thing is the show's all done like Captain America's dead but then Falcon and Bucky are saying are acting like Captain America's dead yeah he's not dead he's just old and living off somewhere on his own time now well we don't know that like that's what people keep saying is like mm. are they gonna have it so that Captain America's dead because um, like they don't Either they didn't want to pay to have Chris Evans come back or the rumoured Captain America 4 with Chris Evans, like people have spoken about, isn't going to involve him being Captain America or involve him in some other format. And they won't be aware that he's still around. Well, they know he's still around. He gave him a shield. No, but he gave him a shield at the end of that and like that was years ago at this point. Eh, It was was supposed to be a year later or something. Two years? It's like a year. Yeah. It's still in like far from home territory. It's... 
because this this was the Marvel films are set in twenty twenty four right now, aren't they, or something? Yeah. Oh, it's a big mess. The timeline's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Apparently, Spider Man: The Homecoming is set eight years after Avengers. Somehow. Well, the original Avengers. Yeah, it thumbs up the start. It says eight years later. <laughs> after the whole um, Avengers attack, the whole attack on the city, you get that whole bit where um, my uh, friggin' Michael oh, Keaton, yeah, 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 yeah. and then it says eight years later, and it's like, yeah. well, that's too what. No, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. God fucking damn it, Homecoming's good. Yeah, it's all right. I might rewatch Homecoming. Mm. Michael Keaton's really fucking good in that. Michael Keaton's good in everything, That's especially true. Frequency. He wasn't in Frequency. Um, multiplicity. Yes, he's in Frequency. Oh yeah, he's the dad yeah. in the past. I, I mean, thought that was Ke- I thought that was Kurt Russell for some oh reason. Oh my god. Jim Caviezel plays his son. No one cares about Jim Caviezel. Oh. Highwayman has Jim Caviezel in it. No one likes. Have Jim I spoken Caviezel about anymore. Highwayman before? Jim Caviezel's a. Was he a turf or something? I don't know. He did something the other week. He's Jesus. Isn't he anti-vax or some shit? Let me have a look. Well, it's Jesus, isn't he? He heals himself. Yeah, but he freaking... He was in the news the other day. For some nonsense. All right, go on with your next review. My, my last review. It's the last review of the show. Yeah. I'm going to review Mortal Kombat. How fucking dare you. No, uh, it's all right. Oh, he's queuing on conspiracy. Yeah, that's it. But anyway, Mortal Kombat. It's a movie... Oh, I like this one. It's, Actor who played yeah. Jesus in Passion of the Christ thinks kids are being drained for blood. Yeah. Mortal Kombat is a movie. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's not good. It's nowhere near good. I would argue it is good. You thought it was the best thing you've ever seen. I didn't say that. I did not say that, and that is a blatant Look, lie. Let's see. So, they've done a Mortal Kombat movie, and they've made it for the fans, which kids, kids love that stuff. Yeah. They love it. When it's completely, mostly impenetrable to anyone who isn't... They're moaning about stuff that have been put in there to make sure it's not impenetrable to the average person. But, like, that stuff's the only thing that makes the film watchable, because otherwise it would feel like you're watching the YouTube cutscenes from Mortal Kombat 9. Kano wins! Like, it is literally... The whole film is... Character walks into a place, says some stuff, fight happens. And it just keeps happening for the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to get used to the idea that Jimmy Olsen was Jax. That's something that bothered me for a while. I didn't care because I didn't know. I was watching that going, why is this, what? Is that Jimmy Olsen? That's Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen's McCab got Brooks. skinny arms, but now he's got big arms. Yeah. Um, the one idea that they added to the law that I think is really cool is the birthmark thing. Just because I think the idea of there being people who are chosen to compete in the Mortal Kombat tournament, who, if they get killed, the person who beats them because they've defeated him in the combat yeah. inherits the birthmark. Like that's a nice, like, that's a neat idea. Although loads of people who get in this situation would probably just end up going to their doctors saying this weird rash turned up on me, yeah, and I don't know what that's all off. about. And then the Mortal Kombat like tattoo birthmark would be very well like documented mm. throughout history. Surely, I don't understand why they don't <laughs> both have to suffer with twelve but, people without. The marks, I don't know. and then there's six people on each team that suddenly get the mark. It does. And it's whoever fills their I don't team. Know, I don't think it's six. I don't think they even mentioned that. They just said no, some I people know. have the mark. But um, yeah, there's some things that's just awkward. Like the main character in it is called Cole Young, and he's some guy who's got the birthmark, and everyone seems to hate him. He's clearly been put in there as an audience surrogate. <laughs> you know, like um, Agent Tilsey, isn't it, or what his name is in Hellboy? Yeah. Um, he's there for our doorway into the universe and I'm fine with him like yeah. I've got no trouble with Cole as a no character no trouble here no trouble like here. I, I quite appreciate that when he does get his magical powers because that's a thing in this 
um, it's not something that already exists in the game. It's like a unique thing just for him. They yeah, didn't it's just a rubber t-shirt. They didn't just give him scorpion powers, which would have been obvious. Yeah, because he's meant to be a descendant of scorpion. Rubber t-shirt. Um, but the thing that bothers me is that quite clearly Sonya was meant to be the main character. Hey, I I am hey, pretty no. much convinced that a script for this film existed where Sonya was the lead because she has the audience surrogate role as well. Yeah. You can't have two audience surrogate characters in this film. You need one audience surrogate character. You could have her be someone who's extremely knowledgeable and maybe is the guide for our character, but she's not that. She's clearly got the audience surrogate role. Kano is the audience surrogate. Like, she clearly... You know, I can imagine a version of this film where her and Jax are on a mission, Jax kills some guy, gets the tattoo, gets the birthmark, they start investigating what this means, you know, find up stuff about the Mortal Kombat tournament, capture Kano along the way, yeah, because they see him get one. You know, and then, you know, he gets to the tournament and they're like, oh, you can't take part because you don't have the birthmark or something. I can see that version of the story being a thing. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was some studio executive who was like, you can't make your big gory action martial arts fighty movie have a female lead. What is this, the 80s when Cynthia Ruffrock was a lead in all these martial arts films? Cynthia Ruffrock was a ledge. Um, But yeah, clearly... They just chucked Cole in there because they wanted a Cole. I keep thinking he's called Cole Yeager, which was the name of Mark, um, Mark Wahlberg's character in the Transformers movies. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. um, what's his name? Cole something? Yeah, Cole something. It's a really weird surname. Um, but there is like this. I mean, it looks like Mortal Kombat. It tastes like Mortal Kombat. You know, this. Goro doesn't have any wibbly wobbly arms. No, I, he doesn't have wibbly wobbly arms in the original 1995 film. That Goro effect in the 1995 film is one of the best animatronic effects ever done in film. It's a friggin' masterclass, that. I mean, it's, it's I prefer impressive looks that, that it stands up. It is. Friggin', that's, that thing's a friggin' mechanical masterpiece. Mm. That Goro costume. That's where half the film's budget went. It certainly wasn't on the CGI in that film. No, no it was definitely not on the CGI. No. Um, I saw people saying, oh, they never get Raiden right. Well, what are you supposed to get Raiden right? He can't do anything. He's not allowed to interfere in the tournament, so he's not allowed to fight. So what are you going to do with Raiden other than him being a bastard? Because that's what Raiden is. He seems a baby. He's a bad guy in the first game. Everyone always forgets that. Like, when you finish with Raiden in the first game, he turns the entire world into Mortal Kombat world, and everyone fights to the death constantly. Like, ugh, I don't know. But, um, it's, it's fine enough. Kano's... Really silly and sweary. Kano is amazing. It's someone when let's put distilled Australian in the role, and you just get him going around the place, going bloody wankers, mate. Fucking yeah! Like I liked it. He doesn't say cunt enough though, because if he was really Australian, he would say cunt every other word. Like you know, that's what he would do. Um, the magical powers thing—that's where things start going wrong. To me, I get you want magical powers in Mortal Kombat because it is mysticism and stuff. But not every character needs to have magical. Power. What would they have done if Striker was in this movie? What would Striker's magical? He's a gun. Yeah, he's just magically a gun appears in his yeah, head. He's, he's like, like, wow, guns are magic. So it's like a thing from Jam, where the guy goes into it's the like, shop and gets the. T-Rex. I was already like feeling like I was being stretched to my limit when Kano fires a laser out of his eye, and that's his magic power. Yeah, like give him a can, just give him the laser eye. Like Cabal shows up later, and he's wearing an iron lung type thing. If he can have yeah. his big old mechanical iron lung, give Kano his laser eye. Look. And right. then, like, and then you get the beautiful scene where Jax has got his little skinny arms, and they grow big arms, and he gets big robot arms, and his yeah. magical power is big robot arms, super strength. What would have happened? No, he wouldn't have had super strength. But that's that's what it's meant to be—a super strength, apparently. Yeah, but he would have still manifested super strength just without arms. I think maybe he would have had <laughs> robot arms, like they would have gone over his regular arms. Really, just like Colossus style. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like that, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like, you couldn't have them just gradually building on those arms. No. You had to have magic arms. Nathan Jones is in the film. Who? Nathan Jones. From what? Nathan the Colossus of Boggo Roads. Former wrestler, Nathan Jones. He's a big guy. He's, you know the big, what's his name? Straxus or whatever his name is. Not Straxus, Straxus is a transformer. Um, can't remember his name. He's the one who gets his head clapped. Oh, the one from, um, the one from, uh, He's in Mad Max. Mad Max, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's in Mad Hugus, Max. Is it huge? Victus Erectus. Victus Erectus. Erectus. Erectus, big, big dickus, bigger yeah. stickers. Um, no, but he was a wrestler for a while and he was, um, oh, phenomenally right. bad. Yeah, okay. Um, he was meant to be in a tag match with Undertaker at WrestleMania and they took him out of the tag match and made it a handicap match. Um, I liked when Jack smushed his head and went, yeah, these fucking work. Yeah. I thought that was funny. I like when Kano goes boo-hoo when Sonya tries to go down into the training area. I like that Kano goes, yeah, let's see you do that again. And then does it again. He goes, all right. Yeah, I was fucking ready for you. Oh, you got me again. Yeah, you got I, I liked Kano. I wanted Kano. I thought Kano was meant to be the main character because he is given most of the lines and steals most of the scenes he's in. Because he's comedic relief. He's C-3PO. No, he's not, though, because he's like... He is. He's, he's the comedic relief for the film. He's the comedic <laughs> relief in that he is... He's meant to be not as powerful as the other characters, but he's as powerful as the other characters. That's what he could have done in the film, right? Sonya has taken out his metal eye with his laser things. So he's going around the film with a Why? big old gap. Right, because it's his weapon. She can't leave it on him. But it's dangerous. He, but he gets his Akana as a but laser then, eye. No, and then later... His Akana's a laser And then eye. later when they're all trapped behind that shield thing, and he's just sort of going along with it because he's got no other choice but to yeah. sort of take part in this tournament. Cabal turns up and he's like, got your laser eye, mate. Got your laser eye. I got a new one for you. Fires double laser or some if shit. If only you could use that to laser the Maybe if you took you down need. the thing, we'll give you back your laser eye. Yeah, right. but he needs the laser to take down the thing. Yeah, and he doesn't need the laser to take down yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's the carnage. What, he could you could just do something else, whatever. What? Or he just chucks it through the shield. Maybe it goes through it. That'll go through the shield. Why? Sung magic. But then, it's if that can go through it. the shield, then they just get spears. Who cares? Who cares? I care. Whoever. I'm just saying you're... he'll break the shield. He puts. Kano can, can just have a metal arm. Kano puts Raiden in a sleeper hold, and the shield goes down. Whatever. Shield's stupid anyway. Just get on with the tournament. What? Yeah, why isn't there a tournament? That was my biggest question, <laughs> is why isn't there a fucking because tournament? Because it's a prequel. Because that's what they keep doing nowadays. They prequel films. They don't want you to get to the thing. I really want Ryan Reynolds to play Johnny Cage. They want to give you a backstory Cage. to the thing. I, I really want Ryan Reynolds I to play don't. Johnny Cage. Why? Because it's predictable. He's, because he's like two foot taller than everyone else in the yeah. movie. Yeah, and he's too good for this. No, he's not. He is. He's above this. No, this would be fine with him. He, he was in Van Wilder. Okay? He's also so part of liaison. He's in Van Wilder too, the Rise of Taj. He wasn't. No. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying he was though. Um, I liked it a lot, but I liked it a lot in one of those ways where it was like, you can clearly see that there is a film here that someone had a lot of hope for and then a studio went, well, you know what we need? We need a coal. And that went... We, we and need to make like, a... Well, he's Asian. He's related to Scorpion. Okay, we need to dial back the Asian as much as possible. <laughs> and he's right, because like, the guy doesn't look super Asian. What's his name? Ricky Tan? Yeah. Or is that a midget in a bathrobe? I can't remember. Rush Hour 2. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they li- yeah, they literally took the script and they went, control R, and they replaced everything that was Sonya Blade, <laughs> and they went, Cole, and they went, here's Sonya in the background. Yeah. Um, I just, like, my problem is that Kano was clearly meant to be on the team from the long, because they wrote a load of that dialogue and, like, he is clearly a main part. Everything Cole said and did could have been Sonya. Hmm. Like, and the... Sonya could have been a mixed martial artist who's yeah. former military. 
the the biggest the biggest problem with the Cole character as well is they didn't know what to do with him in any of the scenes he's in. The only time he sort of has a scene where he is like a key component is the Goro scene, and that's only because that's how he unlocks his rubber T-shirt. Yeah, because like even the end scene where his family's captured by Sub Zero, was his big move. He's punching that ice. Yeah. He's like punching away ice like, oh, save my family with my fists. And like... He should have just come in, just a bit chilly and just turn the thermostat up. Just, I don't know why he couldn't have been Scorpion. Yeah. Like, make Scorpion a good guy. Fuck it, I don't care. I'm not going to be upset about that law. Like, if you want to make him Scorpion, and then like, the final thing is that he's got fire and a fucking little like, stabby thing. Why did they kill, why did they kill Kung Lao? Because Kung Lao dies any all the time. Yeah, but like... He's a zombie in the games the way and that, stuff for ages. The, and... Well, yeah, but he's, everyone's a zombie in the games. Yeah. Except for Johnny Cage, who's the best. Um, like, it's Johnny really weird Cage. that Kano dies. No, nah, he dies in the... He, he, fuck Kano. He gives a shit. Some... Bring back Kano and Kung Lao. Yeah. Why's Cabal in it? Yeah, that's another thing. Like, Cabal is a weird Cabal's character. too similar to Kano. The fact that there's an interview with the director saying that they didn't have to do Johnny Cage because he's a really... They said he's a really similar character to Kano. I guess just because he wise tracks and stuff. And they didn't want two wise cracking characters. But then you have Cable. You have Cabal in there. Yeah, I mean, that could have been... Who talks exactly the same as Kano. That could have been a fairly good arc. If they had it so that Johnny Cage and Kano were both on the same team... And Johnny Cage just kept up staging Kano despite Kano running his mouth. Mm. And he's like constantly ripping the shit out of him and being like, I guess Kano doesn't win. Like that, mm. like beats him up. And then Kano's like, fuck it, fuck this. And Kano fuck breaks his glasses. <laughs> yeah. His $500 sunglasses. Because fuck this stupid fucking thing. I'm going. And then just just leaves and then like joins the others. They could have had a um, scene where Johnny Cage does the splits and punches someone in the nuts. And you get a nice x-ray vision. Yeah, crushes nuts. his nuts, <laughs> crushes his spine. I did like an hour into the film where Shang Tsung's just like, and here are my minions. Yeah. And it's like, this. here's a bunch of minions we won't care if you kill. Some Mortal Kombat characters from those awkward Xbox games no one likes. Well, they had, one of them was fucking, not Mylena. Melina's in it. Was it Mylena? It was Melina, yeah, yeah. She, with her mouth splitting open, looks like yep. she's got a sore lip. But um, they had fucking Zatara, wasn't it? The flying lady? Now, let me direct the sequel. I'll give you Devora. Because Devora. Who? The freaking wasp lady. Oh, yeah. She's rad. I like Devora. She's in Bite. I like Devora. She's essentially the main character in the film Bite. Horror movie about a woman being bitten by an insect. Devora's hot. Lady filled with bugs. Mmm. Chewy. Yeah. I mean, that happens. It'd be a risk. (laughs) But you know what? It'd be a risk, but without risk... There's no reward. She's got good dress sense. I like her clothes. Oh, nice. She has a cool look to her. I think divorce cool. I'm finding out now that you have a fetish for bug-filled women. And yeah, the, yeah. The corpses that keep mounting up are look, making more and more sense. King shame. I'm not king shame. I'm just saying, like, if they're alive... Do you think fine. they're going to have Mataro in the next one? Yeah, because they've killed... Do you remember Gora? when Mortal Kombat Annihilation had Mataro yeah. and Shiva? Ah! My favourite bit in the second one is where you can see Shiva's arms merging through her body. Yeah. Because the because they didn't have the money for the CGI. Um, yeah, it's just bad, and like it's the originals are. It's a perfectly fine, watchable. Like grab pizza, watch a movie. Yeah, the original Mortal Kombat from nineteen ninety five. It's got some charm to it because, yeah. as bad as Paul Dobbs Anderson films are, like his films are fucking stupid. Yeah, it's cheesy um, fun. 
The sequel is good, bad. No, it's not. Sequels are just bad. Really? Mulkai Nation is just terrible. I haven't watched it. I, I saw it in the cinema. Time. I went to see it in the cinema. I mean, it's one of the first times I came out of the cinema going, that film was terrible. Oh, is that like the film that made you realise that films could be bad? Flintstones was the film that made me realise films could be bad. What was the film that made me realise? Or maybe Police Academy 7, whichever one came out first. They both came out the same year. Oh, I realised... So I I think the film that made me realise that films could be like truly bad and still get a cinema release... Lizzie McGuire, the movie. You love that movie. I went to go see that. I was... God, how old was I? I must have been like 12. 28. 11 or 12. Maybe older. I don't know. But uh, I was really into a girl who wanted to go see the Lizzie McGuire movie. So we went on a like a young people date to see mm. Lizzie McGuire. Didn't even fuck her, did I? Oh, God. <laughs> ah! Why did I need to make that joke? What's wrong with me? When did the Lizzie McGuire movie come out? Two thousand one. You sure? Yeah, it's going to come. You're going to see it coming out in two thousand ten when you were like yeah. what twenty <laughs> two. That'd be even worse. It was around the same time as Signs. I'm pretty sure. I saw Signs in the cinema. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Went to see that on a date with the same girl. Oh. So it didn't go completely bad. Oh, two thousand three. I was. I was fifteen. Oh my god! You see the Lizzie <laughs> McGuire movie when you were fifteen. <laughs> I was fifteen in. 1997. Did Signs come out in 2003 then? Yeah, about then. Because um, six, 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 uh, six Cents is 2000, 2000, isn't it? It's 2002, but mm. when was it? Oh, 13th of September 2002. Yeah, mm. I went to see it on my birthday and I went to see it again with that girl. But yeah, um, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. See, uh, again. I can certainly see this having a bunch of straight to DVD sequels starring Randy Couture. I really <laughs> liked it and I can see this getting a big big sequel apparently they are is. doing a sequel yeah it's like, done fairly well um, yeah. Ryan Reynolds even he got viewed more than Zack Snyder's Justice League did on yeah. HBO Max apparently I can see this I can see this getting a sequel with a bit more money and a bit more of a cast and Ryan Reynolds has also made the joke that he would play Johnny Cage so I Red Boone to... wants Mike the Miz Mizanin who? wrestler Mike Miz Mizanin the Miz who? the Miz who? former WWE champion he was on the real world years ago wait the guy from Money playing? no Who's the guy from Money Plane? He's in one of the Marine films. No, but who's the guy from Money Plane? Money Plane? Yeah. Is it Edge? Oh, that's Edge, yeah. Adam Copeland, yeah. Yeah, get the guy's face. Yeah. What terrifying face that man has. No, I reckon no. Johnny Cage will be played by... Um, Jesse VD? It'll just be just be some guy. It'll just be some actor you've never no, I heard want of. It to be, I want it to be like... It'll be the Linda Nashby of the current generation. Casper Van Dien. No, because he's too old. No, It'll be not. some guy who's like... Who look. Looks 28, but really he's 30. And he's like the Lyndon Ashby of this generation. Easily forgettable. No, he has to be older than that. Easily forgettable actor. He has to be older than that. Johnny Cage has to be like like 35, 40. No, because he's got to be the young upstart. No, 35, 40. Uh, who played Captain Cold in... Uh... Oh, Wentworth Miller. <laughs> yeah, get him in. Yeah, Wentworth Miller, yeah. <laughs> Give him to grow some hair, though. Wentworth Miller's great. When Johnny Cage has to have hair. If ever they make a friggin' 1960s style Batman movie... Didn't he play Chris Redfield in the Resident Evil films? No. Yeah, he did, yeah. He's too good for that. No, he played Chris Redfield. No, that was some other guy. No, he played Chris Redfield. I won't let Wentworth Miller's name be disparaged like this. Because Claire... He's fucking Claire Redfield was played by... um, Some woman. The woman from Final Destination, Final Destination 2. Annie Larter. Yeah. Yeah, the one who's... Is she racist or some shit? I think so, yeah. Wait, let's find out. There's something about her. (laughs) Let's let's play the ads heard heard about Annie Larter. She's probably an anti-vaxxer. But Wentworth Miller's amazing in The Flash. <laughs> He's the best thing in that show. And then they killed him off. 
He's Leonard Snart. What a name. Yeah. Uh, oh, Lana. How do I spell her name? Lata. Lata. Mm. Oh, there she is. There we go. News. Oh, wow. Leonard Roberts claims Ali Lata and toxic work environment led to his hero's exit. Yeah. Okay, so she's fucking horrible. Yeah, apparently. But no, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's there. I liked it a lot. I mean, for you in America, if you've got HBO Max, you might as well watch it, I guess. Yeah. You know, Russ over here. Look, I really fucking like Kano. I'm going to keep saying I like Kano. He was kind of the best thing about this film. What was with freaking Shang Tsung in this film? Why his really voice quiet. had a weird voice? He had a weird voice. He was really quiet, didn't really do Did much. Did you recognise the guy who played Scorpion? Yeah. Hideshi He's in everything. He was in Westworld. What was he in? Heroes. He's in Avengers Endgame. He's the guy killed by Hawkeye. Yeah, he's the Yakuza he guy. He's also, he's also one of the main characters from uh, that weird virus movie that yeah. was on. He's like, you know Not how people movie, always no, go on series. about um, friggin' who's the, who's the Japanese actor who's Serizawa in Godzilla? Oh, um, uh, Ken Watanabe. Yeah, you know how he's like the Japanese actor they always hire? Yeah. Everyone always forgets about um, friggin' Tadano here. No, he's in he's in stuff. shit tons of stuff. So much fun. That's what I mean. Stuff. He's the real Japanese actor who they get for every film. He's really good. When they well. want a f- Japanese well-known actor, it's Ken Watanabe. Did, doesn't he actually know martial arts as well? Probably. I think that he actually did some of his own stuff. He was this. bound to have been in a Carmen Rider, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked... See, uh, that's the one thing that I can say, taking away from this, they really understood... They really understood, like, what they were going for from the characters, and they got, like, stoic, and, and, you know, they got the right character types. They just made a movie without Mortal Kombat, because that's the name of the fucking tournament. And yeah, it's where like, was the tournament? Yeah. They made a Mortal Kombat movie where Mortal Kombat doesn't happen. The only tournament they get is they send people off into individual places to have fights. Mm. And the individual places they send them to, it's not even like they are places where it would give the Earth Realm people a helping hand. It's just random fucking places. Yeah, not places we know. No, just random like, fucking places. If Gora had been in the film the whole time and you could have had Cole set off to fight Gora at his home. Didn't they send didn't they send them to like didn't they send someone to the pits where it's got like the acid and stuff? Yeah, you see the you see the, when he's fighting Thingy, you're clearly on the pit and I was expecting yeah. him to uppercut him into yeah, the pit. Yeah. But instead he just smashes his skull. Yeah, that's like you know, there are people that they, they obviously revere the stuff, but they just don't know what to do with it. Because they didn't establish anything in Outworld other than one bridge in a desert. Yeah. And if that's their Outworld... <laughs> Everything hinges on Kano, though, which is really fucking weird. Yeah. And also, everything hinges on Kano, but Jax is already there. So why don't they pick up those lot? No. Because they picked up Jax... So why don't they pick up everyone else? Who? Well, Jax is already at the temple when they turn up. Oh, yeah, because he's injured. Because he got picked up. Yeah, they found him. Why don't they pick up those guys? Because they were already gone. But, I mean, like, they could find them. They found Jax. How did they find Jax? How could they possibly find Sonya Blade's caravan in the middle of a <laughs> caravan park? <laughs> I like I like the line, um, Kano, where he he phlegms on the fucking the, the little gnome thing yeah for sure and as he's going in there's the clearly ADR but great line by the way your beer's shit and you're out of it <laughs> I was just like hmm. Kano Kano has the best lines in the whole fucking thing that's the problem I still I fucking cannot get over Sonya Blade going down to start training with everyone and they go no it's only for those with the mark and in the background you say boho 
It's just like fucking every chance he gets, he's a prick to someone, and I fucking love it. Like maybe your Ricardo comes out if I try and hit you really hard this time. <laughs> he's just fucking smacking him around. I fucking knew I'd get mine before you. <laughs> Oh, Bloody Australians! Yeah, he's in. Uh, he was in Superstore. Shouldn't encourage him. I didn't realize he was Australian because he's in Superstore. He plays a doctor in Superstore, and uh, and there is an episode where they mention that he's getting really in shape, <laughs> and uh, and someone mentions having slept with him, and they're like, they're like surprisingly good. He's surprisingly in shape, and like he clearly isn't in the first couple of seasons. <laughs> By the third, he's like getting big, so he's obviously going to be in this. He's got his big role in Mortal Kombat coming up. Uh, When's the Street Fighter movie coming up? He's going to get something from this. Because he is kind of the fucking star of the show. Well, death is only another portal. So he could be in Mortal Kombat too. Well, yeah, just give, then you can have his robot eye. Yeah. You just give him the robot eye. Yeah, yeah for no reason. Because he doesn't need a robot eye now. Cabal. Because he fires lasers out his real eye. I think Cabal was the most and interesting. And Sonya just fires pink rings out from her arms. Concussive blasts. Concussive blasts. I think... Um, yeah. I think... Just a Robocop in the next one. The most interesting thing that Cabal has ever uh, has ever had in this series is when in Mortal Kombat 9 they gave him a backstory. Because you remember like Mortal Kombat 9 is the one with the big war in Earthrealm. Hmm. And he is a friend of Stryker. And he gets like, one of the dragons just blasts fire on him and Stryker just drags him out of the ray of the fire. Hmm. And then like he's off in an ambulance and Shang Tsung hijacks the ambulance. And then like basically just goes, I'll give you the ability to fight again. But you'll never look the same. And he's like, okay, I'm in a lot of pain, guys. And no one's giving me any painkillers. So I'm going to say yes to anything. Mm. And they're like, ha, 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 he's on our side. And he's like, once again, painkillers, please. And they're like, here you go. You're ready to fight. And he's like, I'm a monster. And I can move fast now. Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that... Probably should have moved fast out of the way of fire. Yeah, probably. I like the fact that in that game, Stryker is clearly just a man with a gun and they're like, this is perfectly fine. He's doing well. And he's like, I'm going to fucking billy club some people. Stryker sucks. His police brutality anyway, the character. I'm going to yes. stop now. Everybody, this has been Chris Apocalypse episode 159. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can find Ant at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can find him as oh, Gaming on YouTube. You can oh, also find him as Reacting Sentai Yoko Ranger YouTube. Hey, what's your newest channel? Can I fit it up my ass? The Power Rangers... No, sorry, Transformers figure review site. Ah, whatever. I need to do videos on that. Yeah. I don't have time. No, I mean, it's very difficult to find the time to bend over, lube up, and get one of those things up your bum. None of them transform into dildos. That's the other impressive thing. They are all quite angular and sharp. Ugh. Uh, you can find me at Critical Clips on. Actually, there was those. They did do some Transformers that turn into pens. Really? Yeah, it was a like promotional thing in Japan. I'm sure they're like really a, expensive, but I'm they're sure working pens. Sex toys ones. They turn to really good figures as well, like really articulated dildos figures. Yeah, pens. Oh, the pens. No, I was saying that I'm sure that someone's made a dildo transformer. I'm sure they have perverts. You can make the balls of the feet. And if you were making a vagina one, like a fuck, one of those, uh, what they called a fleshlight, you could just, you know, make any shape with that. Mm. Get on that, cool Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the film Freaked? What? The film Freaked with uh, with Alex Winter and Keanu Freaks. Reeves. Freaked. Freaked, yeah, yeah, years ago. 
It's got that amazing. It's got that amazing thing. It's like, I've got this great story for you. Ricky, Ricky, Bobby has been turned into this monster, and he's like, "We're gonna run it at 11. Kid, get out there and get your check." And he goes, "Oh, don't worry, Mister Newsman. I know my way out." And he throws himself out of a fucking glass door. Ah, it's great. Out of context, that makes no sense. I didn't explain the whole thing, but it's a great scene. Okay, everybody, uh, have have a good two weeks. See you in two weeks. Uh, Boris Johnson fucks the economy. And everyone in the country, and also takes bribes from foreign powers. Yeah, that's new, isn't it? Yeah. Actual treasonous actions by a sitting. He's prime doing minister. his best. He's doing his best as a prime minister. Yeah. Oh God! Bye. Fucking damn it! Oh, bye, everyone. Bye. Don't sell your organs to Boris Johnson. Bye.